For most suburban couples, the word bounty most likely refers to a roll of paper towels. But for Andy and Kate, that word means something quite different. And for this married couple, who literally risks their marriage to save their lives. Actually, the opposite. They risk their lives to save their marriage. We have all that and more here on the Unproduced Table Read, so stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Unproduced Table Read here on the Popcorn Talk Network. That's the fun of live TV for those who just heard my rousing intro. Um, I am very, very excited about today's script. We're reading an action comedy feature called Most Wanted, written by the very lovely and hilarious Kat Ewell and Brad Crow. We're so excited to have you guys today. We'll get to you in just a minute. If this is your first time tuning in, guys, this is a show where we read Hollywood's hottest unproduced pilots and features. My name is Jeff, and I am surrounded by a group of brilliant actors, including Mr. Danny Royce. Hello, my name is Danny Royce, and I'll be reading uh, the roles of Thor and... Uh, Thor and Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. Jerry. Hey, guys, I'm Roxy Stryer, and I'll be reading for Kate and also one line for Agent. What's up, guys? <laughs> I am Timothy Michael, and I will be reading Andy. Hi guys, I'm Amy Cassandra Martinez and I'll be reading for Dawn and Alexi. And hey everybody, I'm Steve and I'll be reading for Steve and pretty much just about everything else. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so Brad and Kat, we're so excited to have you guys. You guys are accomplished screenwriters, USC grads, both of you, right. yes. Yes. Right. But actually met. Fight on! USC grad here. Y'all actually met, not at USC though, which is very interesting. Or did you? We did. Okay. We actually met my, he was a year ahead of me in the program and met my first weekend of oh. when I went into the program. I was an English undergrad major and had like zero film experience. Mm. So I wanted to PA on whatever I could. And he was producing an upper level project. So I volunteered Ooh. to PA and mm. love at first sight. <laughs> and like a really dingy church down on West Adams Street where he was creating a smallpox outbreak. So Amazing. I know just the church. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll be super excited to dive more into your guys' bio as we get into your interview section. But for now, I would love Kat, for you to sort of pitch the script to me and let our audience know, just in about 30 seconds, kind of the world we're entering before we dive in. Um, it's very basically about Kate and Andy, who are a broke, desperate, married couple needing to pay their rent, and they decide that the only way they can do this, despite having no skills whatsoever, is to chase down one of the FBI's 10 most wanted for the reward money so they can pay that rent. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> that is how you pitch. I was going to say. These guys went simple. to USC. <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect. Well, guys, with that, we are about to read a feature script called Most Wanted, written by Kat Yule and Brad Crow, and we're getting into it right now. Exterior, abandoned beach, night. A customs inspector stands in front of headlights like some Roger Deakins Road to Perdition type shit. He spits tobacco, and another agent sits inside the beat-up sedan. Are you sure this is a good idea? Jesus fucking Christ, get your panties out of your twat. I know what I'm doing. You want it in? You're in. A black Escalade roars onto the sand. Several Russian henchmen get out, including Thor, in his 40s, an albino muscle-bound giant in a, well, in a well-tailored suit. He approaches the customs inspector with a briefcase. Svantigran, as usual. The inspector shakes his head. Word on the street is you guys are expanding your operations outside of Florida. If the pie gets bigger, I'm going to need a bigger slice. 50 large. Alexei doesn't negotiate. The inspector spews a gob of tar on Thor's boot. Well, Alexei can suck my panhandle-sized cock. (laughs) If he has a problem, he can take it up with... Bam! Thor hammers the inspector on the side of the head and he hits the dirt. The agent inside the car panics. The henchman blocks his exit. Alexei doesn't suck cock. (laughs) Thor picks up the inspector by the throat and lifts him clean off the ground. 
I'll take it back. Please, 20 is good. Make it 15. No one disrespects Alexi. Thor slams his head into the sand, drowning him underground. If you're thinking, whoa, shit just got real. You're right. These are some bad motherfuckers. The body twitches and fights, but can't escape Thor's grasp. It slowly goes limp. Henchman, Henchman pulls the agent out of the sedan. Do you have a problem with Zidil? He furiously shakes his head no. Good. Your men's will disappear at 10 p.m. on Friday. The agent shakes his head yes. Thor wipes his foot clean on the dead body. Alexei will be pleased. Interior bedroom morning. Andy, 30s, a pudgy man-child, snores like a freight train. He rolls to his side facing Kate, 30s, who's wide awake, glaring at him, seemingly planning his murder. The alarm clock blares. Bright, shiny day here in Dudsville. Up next, Crocodile, the deadly drug epidemic sweeping Miami. But first, a little sunny and share. I got you plays from the station. Andy snores himself awake. Wait, is he awake? He throws a leg over Kate and snore. Enough. She shoves Andy off her and he falls off the bed in an avalanche of blankets. Ow. There's still a huge pile of dishes in the sink. I told you yesterday it's your turn. We're getting flies. Oh, babe, it's our song. You want to do it? Ugh, I'm late for work. Interior kitchen later. A shirtless Andy fixes the bunny ears on the TV, bringing cops into clarity. Yes! Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? He scrubs dishes. As police storm a house on the show, he uses his cleaning brush as a gun to kill the bad guys on the screen. He barrel rolls around the room, sloshing dishwashing goo everywhere. Kate, in a threadbare diner uniform, grabs her keys and heads for the door. I need you to return the five-pack of boxers today so we can pay the power bill. She dodges a spray of dishwater. Andy, goddammit! Are you even listening to me? Yeah, yeah, return boxers. Got it. Countdown to commando mode initiated. Have a good day at work, babe. Love ya. Kate glances back. Put on a shirt. A clean one. She opens the door. Mr. Pibbles, 71, is waiting. Gotcha. Andy dives into the other room. Pibbles hands Kate an eviction notice. You're not running away this time. You and that buffoon over there are three months behind. I'm so sorry, Mr. Pibbles. I promise we'll pay you soon. We just need a little more time. It's always a little more time. Well, time is up. If I don't get the money by the end of the week, you're out on your ass. Period. He storms off. Kate looks to Andy, peeking around the corner. Is it safe? (laughs) No, it's not safe. We're royally fucked. Maybe I can ask Floyd for an advance? Interior Floyd's diner day. Plastic flamingos, fake palm trees, Buppy the Squirrel and Friends cartoon on the corner TV. It's lunch rush. Kate juggles four plates on her way to Keith, a strung out looking customer who can't stop scratching his arms. One Elian Gonzalez seafood chowder, one gator in a lagoon, a Cuban missile crisis sandwich, and a bay of pigs and hash. Will that be all? Keith tears in. This food fucking sucks. Our T-bone steak is six ninety nine. What did you expect? Excuse me. Kate chases after Floyd, 60s, the heavyset Cuban boss. Floyd, can I ask you? From now on, I want you to wear these. He thrusts a pair of roller skates in her face. Are you kidding? I can't skate. I'll fall. Barbie. Barbie, 18, the other waitress at Floyd's, blonde and perfect, rolls by. I love them. <laughs> she performs a triple sow cow in front of applauding customers, and Kate rolls her eyes. <laughs> That's why Barbie gets twice the tips. That and her tits. Floyd looks at Kate. Her breasts do not get tips. Ugh. Just give them a try. And how about this? If you don't, you're fired. He takes off, slamming his office door behind him. Scaredy Kate? Kate turns to see a table filled with old high school friends. Alice, Candace, and Mark, all in their 30s, a.k.a. her worst nightmare. That is Katie. See? 
I told you. Kate reluctantly approaches. OMG, this is amazing. I think the last time I saw you was at Floyd's. Were you too scared to go out and get another job? They laugh and Kate blushes. (laughs) Guess so. Don't tell me you're still dating Andy, too. Actually, we got married. Alice snorts. (laughs) Wait, you're Mrs. Foreskin now? It's pronounced Forolski. Did he make it through your wedding without streaking? They laugh again. This is getting worse by the second. Almost. (laughs) I heard you... Got into UFM, but never showed up. Uh, uh, mm, uh. I, I know the quiet ones usually take a while to bloom, but... Hey, remember when Katie hid from gym class in the janitor's closet and got locked inside? She got her period, but nobody found her for like three days. <laughs> I'm just gonna... I have tables. She runs off trying not to cry. I heard it was like the shining in there when they finally opened the doors. <laughs> Kate hides behind the milkshake station, sees her reflection in a mirror. You had a question? Kate's flustered. She wipes her eyes. I, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to... She hiccups. It startles her. I, I just I don't wanna... have all day. Spit it out. Uh, advance. No. He starts walking away. She hiccups uh, nonstop. No, please... I'm begging you, just this once. once. I gave someone an advance once, and you know what happened? She stuck the money in her arms and wound up doing a donkey show down in Tampa. But I, I, um... But you, you need to sort out your own shit. Have some goddamn self-respect. Jesus Christo. Be thankful I let you use the car. She watches him go, then notices Keith's table. It's empty. Damn it! Kate buries her head on the counter. Hiccup. And that's another one coming out of your paycheck. Interior of Funland Stockroom Day. Andy struggles to lift the last box of merch onto a shelf of hundreds. A gruff stockroom manager in his 50s enters. We need to make room for new shipment coming Friday. But I just finished putting this... Bam! A stack of files slams on his desk. Here's the paperwork to go with it. Oh, man. Enjoy. Andy bites the cap off a pen and gets to work. As he fills out a form, ink leaks onto the page. He wipes it away, but the ink smears everywhere. Crap. And he looks around. The coast is clear. He crumples up the ruined page and stuffs it in his pocket. Only 786 more pages to go. He longingly looks out the window into the Funland theme park. Families laugh and play with various Buppy and Friends character. It looks like so much fun. Exterior Funland Day. A life-sized squirrel struts down a garden path like an astronaut heading for Mercury 7. Look, Mom! It's Buppy the Squirrel! <laughs> Kids everywhere shriek with excitement and run straight to him. The squirrel gives out an energetic high fives, poses for selfies, and signs autographs. Great big tails. Cool sneaks. And that mustache is coming in nicely. Oh, I'm sorry, miss. A little shit-disturber kid sneaks up behind Buppy and starts punching him in the ass. Ow! Don't you want a photo, little dude? You suck! Buppy turns in every direction, but the kid shadows behind him. Where the hell are you? The kid hits harder. And That one hurt a little, not gonna lie. Suck my dick! <laughs> the kid kicks him, sending Buppy into a bush. Uh, okay, you wanna play? Let's get ready to rumble! Buppy spins around like a tornado and whacks the kid with his tail. The kid flies into a scummy pond and starts crying. Mommy, Buppy the squirrel hit me! Aw, oh, come on, you started it. <laughs> a nearby manager runs to the scene and yanks Buppy aside. What were you thinking? I was just having a little fun. The manager rips off the headpiece. It's Andy. I knew it. This is why you've been in the stockroom for ten years. You can't handle this suit. Come on, man. Give me another chance. Chance? Chance is something you take when you don't pull out of your college girlfriend. You... You are fired. Interior kitchen evening. In the microwave, a single piece of bologna rotates as it sizzles and curls into the shape of a bowl. Beep. 
Kate pulls out the meat cup and fills it with the scoop of mac and cheese, then carries it to a table drowning in bills, all stamped past due. She shoves them aside, pulls on an oversized Dudsville sweatshirt, go Penguins, and flicks on the TV to Bumper Stumpers, America's favorite 70s game show where contestants guess license plate monikers. The license plate belongs to a daredevil. It reads NTH2FR. Not... Hydrogen, France, nothing to frown about. Nothing to fear! She takes a bite out of the meat cup. Hashtag winning. Andy enters. You're home early. I know. Funny, right? He beelines to the TV and changes it to Nintendo 64. Golden eye loads up and he avoids all eye contact at all costs. They cut your hours again? Nope. Well, sort of. Maybe? Maybe? Well, uh... Time to rip off the band-aid. They fired me. What? I got canned. I was, uh, terminated. They said they were allowing me to pursue other career opportunities at this time. Whatever that means. You got fired? She shuts off the TV. Hey! I just reached the double O agent Cernia level. We've got bigger issues, Andy. That was half our income, which already was enough to pay for gas or water or electricity or fucking rent. Kate throws a stack of bills at Andy. If we can't pay Mr. Pibbles, we have nowhere to go. We'll be out on the streets homeless. She hurls her meat cup at him. Hey, did you ask Floyd for the advance? An advance can't fix you losing your job, Andy. Well, well, what about your dad? Have you thought about me? He left when I was six. He doesn't want anything to do with me, and I can't blame him. She retreats to the bedroom, returning with a blanket and a pillow. She chucks them at him. Stop throwing stuff at me. I'm done. This sucks. You suck. Life sucks. I can't take this anymore. You figure something out. Enjoy the couch, because pretty soon we won't even have that. She slams the door, and Andy lets all of this soak in. Exterior convenience store day. Andy walks up to Steve in his 30s, who's wearing a thug life yarmulke and an I like the way you twerk it t-shirt. For reals. Steve steps out on the end of his roach. <laughs> Steve steps out the end of his roach and exchanges an intricate best friend's handshake with Andy. What up, bro beans? You missed this sick hot honey. Man, I'd eat her up like Taco Tuesday. The girl in question exits the store. Steve cowers and looks around in any other direction, and she leaves. She was totally checking you out. I know, right? Like flies to honey. So, so you got what you got going on, son? Aren't you supposed to be at work or something? Andy clocks a help-wanted sign in the door. I'm exploring other options. Turns out Funland doesn't want employees to have any fun. Oh, show. Time to fly, brah. Don't let the man hold you down. Want a little backup? Popos can't touch this. <laughs> Steve opens his jacket. It's a veritable library of weed. No, I'm good. The handshake repeats itself, and Andy heads inside. You know where to find me. Interior convenience store day. A pimple-faced tween, qu- tween clerk reads a comic book behind the counter as Andy meanders to the slushy machine. I'm putting feelers out for a new job, and I saw your sign. Andy selects a Funland cup with the Buppy the Squirrel on this twisty straw. Dude. You're like 40. Are you serious? The doorbell chimes as Keith, the diner walkout, enters. My hours are pretty flexible, but I have to have Wednesday nights off. It's NCIS's weekly marathon. Andy pours every slushy flavor into a culinary masterpiece. In the background, Keith pulls a knife on the clerk who throws his hands up in the air, and Andy's oblivious. Actually, I'm going to need Thursday nights off too. NCIS, LA, and New Orleans. (laughs) The clerk pulls money out of the register, and Keith grabs everything in sight. Come to think of it, Friday nights are also out. NCIS, Bacoima. They're lesser known of the series, but I think it will catch on soon enough. Think that'll be a problem? (laughs) Andy approaches the counter. He spots Keith with arms full of cash. Whoa, that's a lot of change. 
You must have paid with a hundred or something. <laughs> Keith startles and drops a few bills. Don't worry, I'll, I'll get it. <laughs> Andy bends over. So does Keith. So does Keith. Slushy spills all over the floor, and Andy grabs the money. On the way up, he accidentally headbutts Keith. Ow! Keith sees stars. He slips on the slushy and hits the deck. Andy trips on Keith and falls on top of him, and he spots greenish scales on Keith's arms. Ew. Andy scrambles to get off him, slips, and falls on Keith again. Keith moans, immobilized. Holy shit, man. You just took him out, like, twice. Sirens screech to a halt outside. Steve runs off like a little girl. I didn't see anything, officers. <laughs> Police enter the store, guns drawn. Andy puts his hands up. P- Slushy? Interior Dudsville Police Station day. Andy sits in the waiting room chair, nervous. Loud interrogation noises come from the room behind him. He peers around, no one's watching, and Andy creeps to the door. Hey, where are you going? Andy throws his hands up as the sheriff, 60s, a jovial good old boy, approaches. I wasn't escaping. I was just stretching. Andy contorts into weird calisthenics. I didn't want you to leave before you got your $500. What? In a rush, Steve comes in, wary of his surroundings. Dude, dude, I came in as soon as I could. I don't think I could have had enough bail, though. Bail? Why would you need that? Mr. Forskit's getting a reward. (laughs) The sheriff hands over a check. The city of Dudsville would like to thank you for your service, son. You you mean I get $500 for falling on a guy? (laughs) And he studies the check in disbelief as the sheriff pulls Keith's photo off a local bulletin board. This scumbag stole from a few other joints in the area. He's been wanted for a couple weeks now. Hopped up on this newfangled drug kids call Croc. Andy notices an FBI's most wanted list next to the bulletin board, and he goes in for a closer look. Nasty stuff. They brought in some big DEA agent who's chasing it all over the state. Name's Gary, but he spells it with a G. What a douchebag. (laughs) I know. Andy sees the payouts for the top ten list. They are astronomical. So you're telling me if I had landed on one of these guys, I'd have gotten 500 grand? I reckon so. The sheriff heads back behind the counter. Andy stealthily pulls the most wanted poster off the wall and hides it behind his back. Come on, man. Let's go. At, let's get out of here. This place is like my kryptonite. The interrogation door flies open. Jerry, 40s, an African-American Jack Webb, comes out and throws a stack of papers on his desk. One less attic on the streets. Agent Wilkins, 6, a bloodhound wearing, <laughs> a, bloodhound wearing a badge <laughs> on his collar, trots out after him. He growls at Steve and Andy. Have you used tetrahydrocannabinol in the last 24 hours? Steve's terrified. He zips up his coat. What is that? Tetrahymen carbine what? <laughs> Marijuana. Are you kidding me? <laughs> we'd never do something like that. <laughs> right, Steve? <laughs> weed. <laughs> Did I just say weed? <laughs> never. Just say no. You know what I mean? Nancy for life. Rest in peace, y'all. <laughs> Are you disrespecting me? Steve's shaking in his rock aware. I, uh... No, sir. This here's the young man who helped catch the thief. And he pulls Steve towards the door. Yep. Okay. Nice meeting you. Thanks for the check. Bye. Fucking Jerry with a G. That guy gives me the creeps. As they leave, Jerry spies the most wanted poster behind Andy's back. Interior living room night. This place is a mess. Broken tchotchkes and knocked over furniture. An exhausted Kate enters with a handful of new bills. Oh my god, we've been robbed. Andy zooms around a corner on a brand new hoverboard. He crashes into a coffee table, knocking over a lamp. I had the best day, babe. What are you doing? What is that? It's a hoverboard. Duh. Isn't it so cool? He rolls jagged circles around Kate. Where did you get it? I bought it. You did what? It's okay, it's okay. I did it. I solved all our problems. We are set. Made in the shade. I've got it all figured out. Andy runs into the wall, leaving a big dent. Andy, what are you talking about? Remember the movie Cobra? 
where the crazy gunman took hostages in the grocery store until Stallone shot him like 97 times. Well, I'm Stallone. There was a gunman at the grocery store? No gun or hostages, but basically the same thing. And I got $500 reward. (laughs) Wait, you got $500 and spent it on a hoverboard? I'm going to fucking kill you. That could have been rent. Kate's about to beat him with her stack of bills. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. You're missing the big picture. Andy grabs the most wanted poster and shoves it in her face. We can track down one of these dudes and get even more money. Look at this, 500 grand. You wouldn't have to worry about bills anymore. You wouldn't have to worry about anything anymore. You've got to be joking. Andy stops in his tracks. No, this is literally the best idea I've ever had. Andy, there's no fucking way we can track down one of the FBI's 10 most wanted. We have no skills, no resources, no training. I can't even believe this is a conversation. You've always wanted a fresh start. This is our chance. We'd be set for life. It's too dangerous. They have entire departments dedicated to these exact things. But we have the element of surprise. (laughs) Kate grabs the poster. Number one looks like a rapist. (laughs) He is a rapist. He probably just likes young boys. Or animals. Oh, and this one's a serial killer. I'm not going to end up at the bottom of Hannibal Lecter's pit with precious and a bottle of lotion. That would never happen, babe. Hannibal Lecter didn't even have a pit. (laughs) That was Buffalo Bill. Andy grabs the list and points to a name with a question mark for a photo. Look at number seven. This guy is just a drug dealer, and he was last seen in Miami. It's like it's meant to be. Cartels are super serious. His name's Alexi. It's not even Mexican. Besides, he probably just sells horse tranquilizers to college kids. So he's connected Hmm. with Crocodile? See? Horse tranquilizers. Alligator drugs. He's like Dr. Doolittle. We can't do this. This is crazy. We don't have to get up close and personal. It's not like we have to bring him in. All we have to do is see him and call in a tip. We just need to know how to use a phone. A six-year-old can use a phone. (laughs) Kate mulls over Alexi's resume. We got this, babe. She crumples up the list. No. That's final. Just then, everything goes pitch black. Power bill. Yep. Still wearing those boxers. (laughs) Exterior suburbia next day. Hiding behind a bush, the short stack mobile is covered in tacky ads for Floyd's Diner, including a giant stack of plastic pancakes on the roof. Hardly inconspicuous. Interior short stack mobile, same. Kate nervously fidgets in the driver's seat. I can't believe I agreed to this. Andy pounds what's left of his coffee and tosses the cup in the back seat with about a million others. My heart's going so fast, I feel like it's going to burst right out of my chest. I'm so excited. Are you excited? I just feel like Joe Friday, but I'm out of coffee. I just, I just need, I need another coffee. Stop! You're making me nervous. I didn't even think you drank coffee. We're on a stakeout, babe. <laughs> you have to drink coffee. <laughs> Andy pulls out a glittery pink dollar store items. He pulls out multiple glittery, glittery pink dollar store items from a paper bag. Flashlights, check. Walkie-talkies, check. Police badge, check. Magnum-sized condoms, check. What's that for? People usually have sex on stakeouts. Kate shoves the box back in the bag. Not us. Andy looks through the Fisher-Price binoculars to Steve, waiting anxiously by a park. Andy waves, and Steve subtly nods back. What the fuck, Andy? You'll give us away. Relax. Not even here yet. Are you sure Steven has a connection? Does he even know what Crocodile is? Are you kidding? Steve is in deep. He's like the Pablo Escobar of Dudsville. Way connected. If there's some weird shit going down, he'll know about it. Kids kick a soccer ball near Steve. He tries to kick it back, but trips on his baggy pants. <laughs> mm, a real Carlitos way. Andy, Andy's restless legs shake so hard the car's bouncing. Oh my god, I have to pee. I have to pee. It has to happen, like, right now. Don't leave me. But Andy's already gone. Exterior, suburban neighborhood, same. Andy runs to the side yard of a house and lets loose in a bush. It's an unstoppable rebel force. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys. Back in the car, Kate spots an orange 70s Mustang with, with vintage plates pull up next to Steve. Two tatted-up Cuban guys, Sergio in his 30s and Jorge in his 20s, step out. Kate slinks down in her seat. Andy, get back right now. They're here. With Andy... 
One hand on his walkie-talkie, the other on his yak. You have to say over when you're done talking. This is not over. a joke, Andy. These guys will, they look really tough. You still don't say over, over. I'm going to count to three, over. And if you're not back, over, I'm going to. A Scottish terrier runs up to Andy and barks. Startled, Andy turns and pees all over the dog. Oh, whoops. Exterior neighborhood park, same. Steve hands over an envelope of cash to the street toughs, who, who stand about a foot taller than him. Here's your money. Sergio flips through before pulling out a few bills. That's for you, Holmes. Oh man, it's short again. Jorge gets into Steve's face. What did you say, motherfucker? It sounds like Shorty has a problem with his share. No, 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 no problem here. Uh, you know what we do to complainers in Havana? Jorge circles behind Steve as Sergio flips out a switchblade and flicks it against his tongue. But this is Florida. <laughs> Jorge jumps him. Nearby front lawn, Andy army crawls through the grass. Andy, where are you? Steve's in trouble. Andy freezes, turns down his radio. Shh, I'm in position. Over. He peers through the bushes. It is not a pretty sight. Jorge's got Steve in a headlock, pulling his tongue out of his mouth. What are we going to do? I don't know. This is like a Tarantino movie. With drug dealers, Sergio brings the knife closer and closer to Steve's stretched out tongue. Take all the money. I'll do anything you want. I don't want to die. He breaks down crying, closes his eyes, waiting for it. I've never even gone down on a chick. Bam! Sergio knees Steve right in the nuts. He falls to the ground, fetal position. They laugh, and Andy winces behind the foliage. (laughs) Stupid gringo. Never talk back to us again, comprende? Steve nods vigorously. Sergio and Jorge get into their car and peel out. Andy runs over. Is she okay, man? That looked terrible. Mustang. Orange. Kate pulls up in the short stack. We're driving away. What do we do? A neighborhood dad comes running after Andy. You pissed on my dog, you sicko! Let's get the hell out of here. (laughs) He jumps in the car and they take off. Interior, exterior, short stack, mobile, moving, same. Kate drives through town. The The Mustang comes into view up ahead. Stopped at a red light. There they are. The giant pancake car creeps to a stop right next to the Mustang. Shit, I didn't mean to do that. Andy? Shit, just... Cash. Kate and Andy try to not look over, but they can't help it. They inadvertently stare and make eye contact with Jorge. Shit, I got made. Andy! What? He looked first. Other cars start honking, the light's green. Come on, green light. She goes, merging into the left lane with a signal and a thank you wave, and Andy stares incredulously. Are you serious? These are these are no signal lights. There are no signal lights in chase cars. Just step on it. I didn't ask to drive. At the next intersection, the Mustang screeches at a right turn from the left lane. What do I do? What do I do? Andy grabs the wheel and jerks it right. They swerve, barely missing a car, but the Mustang is back into view. Andy, are you fucking insane? You're gonna lose them. They're our only lead. A Dudsville police car falls in behind them. Great. Now see what you did? <laughs> Kate slows way down, keeps her hands on 10 and 2. All the other cars in the road speed past them. Just act normal. Nothing to see here. There is going to be nothing to see if we let them get away. Kick it up a notch. The cop rides their tail. Kate's speedometer won't break 35. I can't afford a ticket. Can you? Oh, that's right. You bought a hoverboard. The Mustang is pulling away. The light ahead turns yellow. It guns through it, and Kate starts slowing. Nuh-uh. No more driving, Miss Daisy. Andy lunges to her feet and jams his fist on the gas pedal. The car shoots through the red. Andy, what the hell? Kate tries to wrestle him away. The short stack swerves and fishtails. The car, the cop car lights up and floors it behind them. Damn it, Andy. I knew this was a bad idea. Andy sees the Mustang pull onto a freeway on-ramp. There they go. Kate watches the cops go close, closer in her rear view. She pulls over. I never should have listened to you. The red and blue lights blow past them, veering off onto a different direction. I can't believe And we're back in the game. Go, 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 go. Kate takes a deep breath. She accelerates up the ramp onto the freeway. Nothing but senior citizens and shitty tourists. Kate zigzags through the fray, signaling every time she changes lanes. I don't think I'm supposed to take the short stack on the freeway. Uh, 
This old broad's tougher than you think. Andy knocks on the dash. The glove box falls to the floor. Oops. Kate cuts in front of a Sunday school van, and a 90-year-old church lady gives her the finger. Go to hell! <laughs> nice move, babe. Look, there they are. Kate heads toward the Mustang. They're going fast. Andy, I don't like this. Kate tries to keep up, weaving in and out. The speedometer needle bounces at its max. The car starts to shudder. Oh, this is not good. I feel like we're re-entering Earth's orbit. Houston, we have a problem. Kate's phone rings. Andy digs it out of her purse. Speaking of problems, here's Floyd. Oh my god, my shift. Can you please answer it? You know I don't like talking on phones. It's scary. Well, I'm in the middle of a car chase right now, so... And he answers and holds the flip phone up to his ear. Hi, Floyd. Where the hell are you? You're late. Barbie twisted her ankle and I'm slammed over here. I'm so sorry. I should have called. She dodges a discarded tire and almost loses control. Cars honk and cuss her out. You're sorry? Let me tell you about sorry. Sorry doesn't take orders or bus tables. It doesn't feed little brats or take shit from pissed off customers. And while sorry would not would do would no doubt be much better waitress, I'm not paying sorry. I'm paying. Andy hangs up. Kate looks at him in disbelief. What did you just do? You hung up on my boss? He was yelling. Told you I wasn't good on phones. <laughs> Interior, exterior, Mustang, moving, same. Jorge notices the short stack driving erratically in their rear view. What's with IHOP behind us? Sergio spots a truck filled with oranges driving next to them. I don't know, but they're going to be roadkill in about 13 seconds, huh? The Mustang bumps the truck. The latch on the gate cracks open. I hope they like extra pulp. Oranges spill out over the freeway. <laughs> Interior, exterior, short stack, mobile, moving, same. Kate and Andy see a wave of sun-kissed setting straight for them, and they can't avoid it. Bam! It's a General Motors juice machine. Cars slip and slide all over the freeway, and the short stack careens past the shoulder. Off-road, Kate fights to keep control of the vehicle as they speed over bumps, rock, and brush. Andy holds on for dear life. Uh, Kate, I think we should get back on the road now. Don't you think I know that? Wham! They hit a big dip. Kate tries to veer back onto the pavement, but a guardrail now blocks her way. Damn it! Uh, Kate! What? Don't you see the guardrail? No, no. Up ahead. Kate looks. There's a lake, and it's approaching very, very quickly. Shit. Kate steers hard. She rams the guardrail, and it doesn't bolt. What are you doing? Do you have a better idea? Kate rams it harder. Still nothing. Kate! We gotta go! Like, now! Stop telling me what to do. They're almost to the water. Andy closes his eyes. Oh my god, we're gonna die. Kate sees a huge mount of dirt up ahead, and she accelerates. I will not die a broke, miserable diner waitress! They hit it like a ramp, and the short stack flies through the air, over the guardrail, and back... Onto the freeway. They land hard, almost on top of the Mustang. The plastic pancakes dance up and down, and Kate regains control. We made it! Andy opens his eyes, and he stares at Kate in awe. Holy shit! The Mustang swerves onto the off-ramp, past a Welcome to Miami sign, and Kate follows. Oh, we got him now! Grand Theft Auto, bitches! Boom! Smoke pours out of the short stack's hood, and the engine shuts down. All gauges flatline. Oh, come on! Exterior, bad neighborhood, sunset. The short stack creeps to a stop in a rough part of town. The Mustang forges ahead. Our lead. Banging on the steering wheel. God damn it, cock-sucking motherfucker. Don't worry, babe, I'm on it. And he throws down his hoverboard and speeds down the street. She takes in the surrounding neighborhood, literally the wrong side of the tracks. Great. Now I'm all alone. At sunset. In the ghetto. Kate nervously grabs a jug of water and pops the hood. Exterior, industrial district, same. Andy is in hot pursuit, clocking in at a full 12 miles an hour. He follows the Mustang around one turn, then another. Its taillights grow faint. One more bend, and the car is nowhere in sight. Man, I lost him. Andy stops, looks around. The sun's setting. All the buildings and street look the same and creepy. Huh. Did I come from that way? <laughs> Over there. He circles the intersection on his hoverboard. Kate. <laughs> Exterior, bad neighborhood, same. Kate finishes pouring water into the radiator. Told you the car couldn't handle the interstate. She slams the hood shut. Two teenage hoods are waiting, their pockets bulging with guns, pointing straight at her. Bitch, get on the fucking ground. Kate's scared shitless. She puts her hands above her head and lies down on the pavement. 
Hiccup. The hood scramble into the car and turns the keys. Nothing happens. What the fuck? Man, I told you not to hit this broke-ass pancake car. <laughs> you may need to uh, give it a few minutes. It, it gets overheated. Exterior industrial district, same. Andy zooms by left to right, then right to left, completely lost. Kate! Exterior bad neighborhood, same. The hoods keep trying the engine. No luck. Sorry. Uh, no. Sometimes it needs a, a, a push. The engine gets flooded. Hood number one points his pocket at her again. Then push, bitch. This ain't self-service. Kate scrambles behind the car and pushes. It doesn't even budge. Is it in neutral? <laughs> Don't make me get back there. You're gonna, you're not gonna like it. Kate pushes harder. It starts rolling and roars to life. Hood number two leans out the window laughing. He pulls out his gun, just his finger, and he puts the L over his forehead. Adios, mujer. Suck my dick. He chucks a bunch <laughs> of junk out the window as the car peels away. Kate picks up her things, feeling like the loser she is. Hiccup. She pulls on her sweatshirt. Kate! Andy rolls up behind her, swallowing her in a huge hug. Oh, I thought I'd never find you. She smacks him repeatedly. This is all your fault. You could... How could you leave me alone like that? I almost got shot or raped or something. Ow, ow. Okay. Where's the car, babe? Kate gives him a death glare. Don't you even... So far, your plan's really sucking. Andy looks around. No car in sight, and he can't put it together. Seriously, the car was just here. That's it. We're on a timeout. Interior, Miami police bullpen night. Kate and Andy sit across from a lazy beat cop. 1987 beige Volvo. Wow. Exciting choice. Any distinguishing marks on this, Jen? A radio blares in the corner. APB out. Officers on the lookout for a vehicle involved in a freeway chase. Described as having giant pancakes and bacon on the roof. <laughs> Kate looks to Andy. What do we do now? Andy, I don't know. I'm hungry. Kate rolls her eyes back to the cop. No, no pun. No distinguishing marks. Definitely no breakfast foods on it of any kind. <laughs> the cop stares. Deadpan. Was there anything of value in the vehicle? Well, my purse. Oh, valuable? No. Chapstick, <laughs> uh, two sticks of juicy fruit, my hoodie, Kate's roller skates, a Fenland name tag that reads Andy. I'm going to stop you right there. We're not going to find anything, so why don't we just call this case unsolved? Interior Miami Police Hallway night. Kate and Andy nervously walk toward the elevator. we got to get out of here before they realize it was us on the freeway. Uh, do you realize you lied to an officer of the law? Floyd's going to kill me. How do I explain I lost his car in Miami? Andy stops outside a room full of cops. Oh, cool! A police briefing, just like SVU. Okay, look, I'll be Ice-T, you be B.D. Wong. <laughs> Andy yanks Kate inside before she can protest. Interior briefing room saying, A stocky Captain Sutter lectures the troops. Customs officer R.P. Riley was discovered asphyxiated on Palmetto Beach early yesterday morning. We have intel suggesting this is connected to a large delivery of croc arriving in the coming weeks. Andy spots two empty seats in the middle and pulls Kate towards them. Andy, what are you doing? Just follow my lead. This is the opposite of leaving. They climb over an army of cops who give them weird looks. Ratty street clothes amidst a sea of uniforms. <laughs> it's okay. We're on the uh, special victims unit. Uh, undercover. They settle in their seats and Kate shifts nervously. We have Special Agent Jerry Morton here to further brief you on this deadly epidemic. This might actually be helpful. Jerry takes the stage. Andy can't believe his eyes. Oh, fucking Jerry with a G! He slinks down, trying to disappear in his seat. What are you doing? I met this dude in Dudsville. He, he hates me. Of course he does. Kate leans in front of Andy as Jerry shuffles through a PowerPoint collage of croc addicts. Click. Rotting scaly hands. Necrosis. Click. Legs with exposed femurs. Large gaping holes in muscle. Click. Feet that are bloody, oozing stumps. 
Loss of extremities. Kate holds down chunks. It's rough. This is so not horse tranquilizers. <laughs> Andy spots Jerry's dog, Agent Wilkins, sniffing around the room. Oh, no. Crocodile. Named because of the scales that develop on the addict's skin. If you want to stop the drug, you need to know the drug and all the players involved. Jerry unveils a large diagram with photos of various Russian gangsters intricately connected by colorful pieces of string. At the top, the name Alexei. With a question mark instead of a photo next to it, Kate scribbles notes on the back of her police report. This guy's really good. Agent Wilkins starts down Andy's aisle. Don't, Kate and Andy's aisle. Don't move. They can't see you if you're still. It doesn't work that way, Andy. This isn't Jurassic Park. Our intel suggests the Russians are bringing this stuff in through Cuba, led by a man known only as Alexei. Jerry holds up a composite sketch. Based on recent surveillance, we believe this is what Alexei looks like. He pins the picture on the diagram. It looks exactly like Thor, the Mr. Universe-looking killer from the beach. Agent Wilkins inches towards Annie's feet, and he starts growling. We should go now. But there might be more. We cannot let this spread to the rest of the country. Okay? Andy bolts, dragging Kate with him. Interior Miami police, hallway, same. Andy taps the elevator button like a rat in a cocaine experiment. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Ding! Andy pushes Kate inside the elevator, and the doors start to close. What's the matter with you? We were about to get a lead. An arm catches the doors. It's Jerry. He and Agent Wilkins board. The dog pins Andy to the wall, paws on shoulders, drool everywhere. You're a long way from Dudesville, Mr. Mr. Forsket. <laughs> it's really only an hour with light traffic. Mm. Jerry bangs on the emergency stop button. I know what you're doing. I don't know what you're talking about. Agent Wilkins growls at Andy, a true lie detector. <laughs> Hi, uh, I'm not sure if we've met. Catching criminals is a job for professionals, okay? If you're not careful, you'll get yourself or someone else killed. Jerry joins Wilkins up in Andy's grill. And more importantly, if so much as a hair from your thick little head gets remotely in my way, I will throw you in jail for obstruction. Jerry disarms the red button. So Ding. go home, now. Goddamn amateurs. Agent Wilkins shakes and slobbers all over Andy, then trots after his master. Man, fucking Jerry with a G is right. I don't care for your tone. <laughs> okay, how's this then? We're stuck in Miami with no money, no car, no lead. What do we do now? The elevator doors close. Exterior, swampy forest night. A local bus drops Kate and Andy off by a mailbox in the middle of the woods. This is a bad idea, Andy. He won't want to see me. They start down an overgrown driveway, approaching a dingy double-wide trailer. I'm excited to meet your dad. Plus, I haven't eaten like two hours. We're approaching uncharted territory. <laughs> you know what? I can't do this. Let's go back. Whoosh! Kate and Andy fall through leaves into a giant hole. It's a trap. Oh, are you okay, babe? I knew I'd end up in a pit. Kate pulls twigs out of her hair and tries to stand. I think I broke my ankle. Who are you? What do you want? They startle. Andy weighs around in a Vulcan salute on both hands. We, we come in peace. We're here to see Don Franklin. An older man wearing a bird's nest helmet and camo face paint peers into the hole. This is Don, 67. Katie? Crash. Bang. Lightning and thunder. Then rain. Interior trailer later. Boarded up windows and bolted doors. Lights off. Electronics unplugged. You'd think the world is literally ending. A hand crank radio blares from the corner. Thunderstorms and heavy rains will blanket the region throughout the night. Flood watches around the I-95 and I-97. Don examines Kate's ankle under a hurricane lantern. He's surrounded by an army grain fist and kit and tape. Ow! Who digs a giant trap hole in front of their house? I don't like company. I'm off the grid. Off the grid? More like off the deep end. Andy wanders around the trailer, pointing his flashlight at all sorts of bird paraphernalia. Cameras, migration maps, paintings, and taxidermied birds. 
Yeah, we thought the last one was creepy, too. His stomach rumbles. Oh, there's got to be food somewhere. He bumps into a shelving unit, knocking off bags of birdseed. He juggles a few before they crash to the ground. Kate winces at the sound. I'll clean it up. Be careful. That stuff's important. How long have you been with that one? Fifteen years. Surprise, it's lasted that long. That's nine years longer than you made it with Mom. <laughs> Do you always insult people who are trying to help you? He puts pressure on her ankle. Ow! Is this what help looks like? Couldn't tell. Well, maybe I should have just left you in the pit. It's not broken, just sprained. I'll wrap it. Andy finds a corner filled with uh, flak jackets, tarps, and buckets of freeze-dried food stacked from floor to ceiling. Mashed potatoes, peach cobbler, ham steak, and green beans. Jackpot! He tears off the lids and dives in, or tries to. The contents are solid rock like concrete. Oh, are you kidding me? He licks the cemented food. Ugh, it tastes like cobwebs. Wait, there are cobwebs. Andy scrapes his tongue clean. A stuffed parrot stares down at him, judging. What's your problem, Polly? Andy pokes the bird. It squawks, then attacks him. Holy shit, it's real! Andy, what are you doing? Now he's messing with Tiki. Andy flails around, knocking into walls and furniture. Don whistles, and Tiki flies to his shoulder. He doesn't like people either. Andy shows Kate his bleeding finger. He really took a chunk out of my... Oh! Chawbreakers! He pops a colorful ball into his mouth. What are you doing? Andy panics. Oh. Gulp, hap... Having candy? You might want to give a give it a refresh, though. They're really stale. That wasn't candy, you idiot. Those were bird trackers. Andy! What? The whole house is like a booby trap for fat kids. It's very confusing. The fridge is over there. Andy hits his stomach. <laughs> Burp. Don't worry. It all comes out the end. He heads to the other side of the trailer, and Don shakes his head. You really struck gold with that one. Excuse me? I just think you could do better. No. No way. You of all people don't get to say a fucking thing about Andy. As much as he screws up, it's only because he's trying, which is more than I can say about you. You may not like it, but I'm still your father. You stopped being my father when you fucking abandoned me. I didn't leave you. Your mom left me. Kate's in shock. What? Found it! Andy waltzes back in and turns on the TV. All he had was leftover Velveeta in a bologna bowl. (laughs) What are the odds? Kate looks to Don, hesitant. You still eat that? Best combination on earth. Babe, 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 we're on TV. <laughs> on TV, a news report of the freeway chase. Oranges spilling, cars smashed, old ladies giving the finger. Police are still looking for the mysterious driver of the pancake car. That's you. No, I just navigated. That's all Kate. <laughs> Don's at a loss. You're trying not to lose our lead. Lead? Andy and I are chasing a most wanted criminal. It's... A long story. The TV replays the guardrail jump in slow-mo. Don can't believe his eyes. My daughter. Evil Knievel. I'll be damned. Total badass. Kate smiles to herself. Interior work shed later. Don shows Kate and Andy a fold-out bed. Intricate bird paintings cover the wall. A work in progress on an easel. Did you paint these? They're actually pretty good. Uh, you don't know what you're talking about. No, really. You could probably even tell them. Don unlocks a drawer in his desk. I don't know where this adventure of yours is going to take you, but I want you to be careful. He holds out a revolver. Oh, awesome. Andy grabs it and plays cops. He barrel rolls around the room, and only the pistol, only the pistol flies out of his hand. Everyone ducks for cover, and bang! A hole blasts through the painting on the easel right through the bird's head. That's, that's my bad. <laughs> Kate carefully picks up the gun. I should probably be the one to hold on to this. Uh, I'm going to go to bed now. He cautiously heads for the door. Hey, Don? Thanks for... Letting us stay here. Don smiles, nods, and closes the door behind him. Kate looks at the clock. It's 9.30 p.m. Wow, old people in Florida really are on a different schedule. So, what do we do now? Get a fresh start tomorrow after a good night's sleep. 
I'll call Steve in the morning. Kate lays in bed as Andy preps his pillow and blanket on the couch. Or we could do stuff. What kind of stuff? I don't know. Fun stuff. Andy's ears shoot up like a cat in a Meow Mix commercial. He strips off his shirt, jumps in bed, and pounces on her. Wow, you're on my hair. Oh, sorry, babe. This is just so exciting. He devours her with kisses. Easy there, tiger. Slow down. But you're great. A toilet flush is nearby, and Kate shoves him under the covers. Shh, my dad will hear. It's like we're back in high school. He starts kissing her down there. Andy, stop. Uh, oh. <laughs> she closes her eyes, enjoying it. Kate moans quietly at first, then louder and louder, and she's letting go. Ass men! Her eyes open and she bolts up. Andy's trapped under the sheets. He can't breathe. Ass men! Ass men! He wrestles his way out, <coughs> coughing. Is that some kind of kinky sex move? Because I'm down. He pulls a curly brown hair from his mouth. The car we were chasing and the license plate. A55M3N. Ass men. I can't believe I forgot that. We need to go to the DMV. We can get the address. Oh my god, we... We got a lead. Andy kisses her. She gags and pulls out another curly brown hair. Ew. Gross. <laughs> Interior industrial room night. Stacks of Benjamins pack the room like skyscrapers. A nervous-looking man in glasses drops bills through a Soviet-era machine. The machine beeps. Error. He runs the money again. Beep. Same error. Shit. Interior warehouse hallway. Same. He hurries past crates full of toys and half-assembled stuffed animals to a guarded door. Two beefy thugs stand watch. I... I need to see Thor. Now's not a good time. Do you think that I want to be here right now? It's good news ever delivered at 3 a.m.? No, but he's going to want to hear this. Interior back room, <laughs> same. The door creaks open and Glasses pokes his head in. Uh, I'm sorry to bother you this late. Shock. He sees Thor gagged and chained to a wall, while a dominatrix in her 40s whips him with a cat of nine tails. Oh, I'll come back later. The dominatrix snaps her whip at him, spraying his glasses with sweat and oil. I, I found a discrepancy in the books. It looks like one of our hires is sorting his returns. The Dom turns to Thor. You are going to let some nobody disrespect you? She teases him with the whip. Mm. I bet you like it, don't you? Don't you? <laughs> Thor fumes. Glasses stands nervous in the corner. You are nothing but big, giant pussy. <laughs> Meow. <laughs> Thor goes all bane and tears his chains out of the wall. He yanks off his gag. <sighs> Brings him in. Interior, exterior. Soccer mom van, day. A banged-up minivan screeches into the parking lot. Blasting Tupac's hit him up. Its bumper sticker reads, My son is a golden gopher at Sable Point Elementary. Steve thugs out behind the wheel, shooting fake guns, throwing up West Side, and singing at the top of his lungs. <laughs> Who shot me? But your punks didn't. Your punks didn't finish. Now you're about to feel the wrath of a menace. N-word, I hit him up. <laughs> <laughs> the van halts. Garbage bags full of crap tumble onto Kate in the back seat. Ow! What is all this stuff? I was on my way to the Goodwill for my mom when I got the call. What were you thinking? What were you thinking in without moving in without LL Cool Steve? <laughs> Kate wrestles the bulging bags behind her. A vibrator falls in her lap. Ew! She's giving this away? What? This is my mom's old back massager. I call dibs. Andy grabs it and starts <laughs> using it on his back. Kate reaches over and turns off the music. Guys, we have to focus. Up here, Steven. This is it. Our one chance. We can't screw this up. If we don't get an address, we're finished. Ain't no thing. You got the HNIC player. Let's do this. He busts out of the van. Interior DMV day. Kate, Andy, and Steve huddle inside a cubicle. Dwight, 41, a dorky, straight-edged rule follower, takes notes on his outdated computer. 
Steve sweats nervously. So you see, we haven't spoken to our aunt in like... Ten years. Yes, ten years. And uh, we really need to find her because she has diabetes and we think she hasn't been taking her meds. And she has no legs. <laughs> Andy and Kate stare blankly at Steve. From the diabetes. Kate swallows hard. And she has no legs. <laughs> How can she drive if she has no legs? Kate looks to Andy, then to Steve. Well, obviously, she has attachments for her stumps, like like a blender. <laughs> like a blender. And all you have is her license plate number? No cell phone, email? Right. A55F3F. <laughs> so you're diabetic. Long lost amputee aunt's license plate is Asman? Yeah. 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 So, if you could just give us that address, uh, we'll be on our way. Dwight stops typing. <laughs> Look, I don't know what kind of wool you're trying to pull over me, but I'm not buying it. Andy steps up, reaching into his jacket. I don't have to do this, but he whips out his 99-cent toy police badge. We're going to need that information stat. This is a highly top-secret SVU investigation. Kate's head drops into her hands. <sighs> Who put you up to this? Wasn't Mary? Listen, man, just... Do us this solid. We need this address so we can find the biggest drug dealer on the FBI's ten most to- ten most ten most wanted list, so we can get the reward reward money and pay our rent. <laughs> That's the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard. Now get out of here, or I'm going to call the security. Please, if we don't get this address, we don't have an address. Dwight's hand hover- hovers over the phone on his desk. Uh, I'll do it. Defeat. They head to the door. Kate spots an '80s DMV poster on the wall. The only thing limiting yourself is you and the speed limit. She turns back, determined. You two wait in the car. Andy and Steve are baffled but follow orders. Kate pulls down her hair. There's no need to call anyone. It's just you and little old me. She sits on Dwight's desk, showcasing her stems. Dwight's confused and uncomfortable. Uh, uh, what, what are you doing? It must be hard to be restrained behind a desk all day. Strapping, muscular specimen like you. Kate seductively strokes one of the tchotchkes on his desk. Dwight snatches it away. That's Mr. Wigglebottom. (laughs) Kate touches his hand. What strong, masculine, and surprisingly moist hands you have. (laughs) I'm an employee of the state. I've sworn an oath. I I will not, under any circumstances, give you this information. Kate undoes a button. I'm, I'm an employee of the state. I've sworn an oath. I... I'm sorry. I am an employee of the state. I've sworn I know. Kate full-on flashes him. Dwight's oh. jaw drops, speechless. Exterior DMV day. Kate skips out of the building, waving a piece of paper. I got it! I got it! Oh my god, babe, I'm so proud of you! Andy gives her a big kiss. You may want to finish doing up those buttons. <laughs> Andy's phone rings. Caller ID. Kate's scary boss. He hands it to her. Where the hell have you been, and why aren't you answering your phone? I've been trying to get a hold of you for hours. Sorry, Floyd, I meant to call. I, uh, uh, lost my phone. If I had a dollar for every one of you fuck-ups, half the strippers in Miami would be through medical school. Now get your sour-faced, bony ass down here. Yeah, know what, Floyd? I'm tired of you treating me like shit. You can't talk to me like that. I can talk to you however I want unless... You useless little twat. I own your ass. Not anymore. I quit. She hangs up. Andy stares at Kate 2.0 in wonder. Steve fist bumps her. Man, bitch got game. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Kate's on top of the world. Andy joins in the high five. <laughs> Total badass. Now we both don't have jobs. <laughs> Kate hears this and stops. Now we both don't have jobs. 
Now we both don't have jobs. Oh my God, what did I just do? Kate hyperventilates. Oh my God, that was our last source of income. We have nothing. Fuck. Babe, 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 breathe, breathe. Just breathe. You hated that job. You're better off without it. I've worked there since I was 16. I've never had any other job. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? They say our love won't pay the rent. Before it's earned, our money's all been spent. What are you doing? Steve stares at Andy. Has he lost his mind? I guess that's so. We don't have a plot, but at least I'm sure of all the things we've got. Andy prompts her. Babe. I got you, babe. <laughs> Kate and Andy I are got the, you, babe. Kate and Andy are the only two people on Earth. Steve puts his arms around them. God, I'm glad I never went out to karaoke with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Kate holds up the address. This better work. Interior, exterior, soccer mom van day. They pull up to a pink stucco house with dozens of naked statues of David decorating the lawn. Are you sure this is the right house? It looks European. It looks like no one is home, which makes breaking in a lot easier. Everyone ready? Someone should stay back. I mean, we probably need a lookout. Shotgun. (laughs) Good thinking. Babe, why don't you stay in the car? Steve and I can take this one. Walkie if you see anything. But I call shotgun. Be careful. <laughs> and don't do anything stupid. Andy and Steve exit the vehicle. Exterior, backyard, same. Andy hugs the side of the house, humming the James Bond theme. But really bad. You know, copyright issues, whatnot. <laughs> Steve cowers behind him. This is such a bad idea, man. A bad idea. Andy looks to an overgrown oak tree, then the roof, and finally the chimney. Steve's gaze follows. No way. We're not going down the chimney. Interior chimney, same. Steve's halfway down a long brick smokestack. His hands and feet shake nervously. Why did I have to go first? Because Again. We, because we played rock, paper, scissors, and those are the rules. You always do pay. No take backs. Andy climbs in after him. It's a tight fit. That Mary Poppins is full of shit. There's no room to dance in here. <laughs> Steve keeps scaling the walls, and his foot touches the ground. I did it. Want me to wait for you? No, no. Go scope it out. I'll be right there. Steve reluctantly disappears. Andy wiggles his body like an inchworm. That's about as far as he gets. Inches. Andy's shirt catches on something. All progress stops. Uh, I think I'm stuck. Steve! Steve! Interior living room, same. Steve looks around the large open house. It's white and designer everything, straight out of an architectural digest. What a douche museum. Except for Grandma, laid out on a hospice bed in the corner, hooked up to life support. Steve waves his hand in front of her face. Hello? No response. Steve moves on, scouring cupboards, drawers, and bookshelves for any signs of Alexi. Nothing. In a closet, he spots a locked cash box next to record-keeping books. As long as there are no objections, I'll just take what I'm owed. He grabs a chair and climbs up. He can almost reach it. He jumps and hits the metal tin. Success! It falls, but so does he. Crap! He tumbles to the floor. The box breaks open. A cloud of black, ashy dust explodes in his face. Only this isn't ash, it's crock. The high hits immediately. Man, I feel great. I got 99 problems, but I don't give a shit. <laughs> he picks up bags of weed from the locked box and stuffs them in his pockets. That's one for me, one for my motherfucking homies. It's, pay- it's paycheck time. Bitch, you don't know the short, short of the Stevo. Interior, exterior, soccer mom van, same. Kate keeps lookout, not a car in sight. She turns on the cassette player. Tupac picks up right where he left off, and she starts head bobbing. Kate glances in the side mirror. Wait, is that a splash of orange? 
She gets out of the car and pokes her head through the hedges. It's Sergio's Mustang, and he's home. Oh, no. Kate hauls ass back into the van and grabs the glittery, the glittery pink walkie-talkie. Andy, get out of there right now. They're home. Over. He, her voice echoes from the passenger door. He left his walkie-talkie behind. Damn it, Andy. Interior chimney, same. Andy still suck. I should have bought some lube with those condoms. <laughs> Hindsight's twenty twenty. <laughs> Guess it's the old-fashioned way. He spits all around him and wiggles. His body starts to slide down. I think it's happening. Slowly at first, then faster, and... Andy's shirt tears right off. He crashes into the fireplace, ash and debris explode into a mushroom cloud, and Andy rolls into the living room. Oops. Amongst the soot, he spots the burnt-up remains of a piece of paper. He makes out the letters S. Samposaby 930. Huh, they wouldn't torture it if it wasn't important. Detective 101. Thank you, Angela Lansbury. <laughs> he sticks the paper in his pocket, and Andy notices Grandma in the bed and Steve across the room, emptying drawers and knocking things over. Steve stomps on the photo of Sergio and Jorge at Funland. I'm like, fuck critics, you can, you can kiss my whole asshole. If you don't like my lyrics, you can press fast forward. Steve! What are you doing? What happened? Steve Crip walks across the floor. I'm getting jiggy with it. Bro ack bro bama. He trips over a cord, the plug flies out of the socket, which sparks and smokes, and alarm bells ring out. He just disconnected grandma's life support. Oh shit! Andy runs over to her, she's not breathing. He dives onto the floor and grabs the end of the cable, sticks it back into the wall, and no dice. You blew out the socket! I think we need another outlet. But there's none close by. Meanwhile, Steve's dabbing in the corner, completely <laughs> oblivious. Andy struggles to wheel the bed across the room, over carpet, through coffee tables. He plugs her in again, still nothing. It must be on the same circuit. Meanwhile, Steve is squatting with his pants down over the plush white carpet, squeezing out a deuce. You want to know what I think of you? Get a load of my mom's meatloaf pie. <laughs> Steve grunts. Oh, what the hell's the matter with you? I've never seen you like this. Andy tussles with the bed, moving it into another corner. He plugs it in, and different bells and dings sound. Now it's the breathing tubes. They got disconnected in the move. Andy wrestles with the plastic tubes, and Grandma's eyes open. She bolts up and grabs Andy by the neck, squeezing. He can't breathe. I'm trying to help you. He does. He sees Steve doing cartwheels around the room, knocking over lamps and plants. Steve, <laughs> <laughs> Andy hears footsteps thunder down the stairs and his eyes go even wider. <laughs> Andy grasps for anything. He finds Grandma's metal bedpan and smashes her cold over the head. <laughs> her hands fall to the side and she's out cold. Steve, hide! Andy runs behind a curtain just as Sergio and Jorge stomp into the room. They see Steve. They see, they see Steve, Grandma, and a poop on the carpet. What the fuck? Sergio runs to the bed. You're trying to kill our abuela? Is this supposed to be payback, pendejo? Steve walks up to Jorge, gets in his face, fearless. You know what your problem is, homie? You think everything's about you. A dickless, cheap ass, ugly motherfucking. Ugly motherfucker whose mom just had done us all a favor if she swallowed. <laughs> Andy watches in shock from behind the curtain. Jorge pulls a gun on Steve. The barrel presses against his forehead. Don't tempt me, motherfucker. Interior, exterior, soccer mom van, same. Kate opens the glove compartment and stares at her dad's revolver. I don't even know how to use this thing. She watches the house, nervously tapping the steering wheel. Come on, where are you guys? Fuck it. I'm going in. She grabs the gun and steps out of the vehicle as a black Escalade peels into the driveway. Kate ducks, and two muscle-bound thugs get out and head for the house. Oh my god, they call for reinforcements? Interior house, same. Steve leans into the barrel of Jorge's gun. You think that scares me? I eat lead for breakfast, you pansy-ass douche nozzle of a mama's boy. Do it. I dare you. Andy's sweating bullets. Sergio's hugging grandma. Yo cago en la leche de tu puta madre. 
Jorge's finger squeezes the trigger when the thugs bust in. What the? Jorge's decked across the face. He goes down for the count. Fuck yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> the other thug pummels Steve, and he crumples to the ground. <laughs> Sergio scrambles to pick up Jorge's gun. Fuck you, gringo. He, as he fires, a coffee table smashes over his head. The bullet shatters a nearby window a foot from Andy. Holy shit. <laughs> Exterior house, same. Kate watches the thugs drag Sergio, Jorge, and Steve out of the Escalade and throw them in the back. Oh my god, they shot Andy. The SUV takes off down the street. Kate runs into the house, wham, and straight into Andy, barreling out the front door. She latches onto him. Thank God you're okay, and you don't have a shirt on. I'll tell you about it later. They, they took Steve. We gotta go after him. Now! They run to the soccer van, fire it up in the engine, and gun it. In exterior industrial district day, Andy and Kate slow to a stop. They're pulling into some kind of warehouse. The Escalade drives through the heavy-duty security, armed guards everywhere. The place, ABC Toys Incorporated, is like Fort Knox. Sergio, Jorge, and Steve are hauled into the building. Kate hands Andy a bedazzled t-shirt from one of the Goodwill bags. We should call the police. I think we're in way We over. don't have time. Look, look. You weren't there, Kate. These, these guys will kill Steve before the cops can finish their donuts. We're his only hope. We got him into this mess. We've got to get him out. Kate thinks about it. She tucks Don's revolver snug into the back of her pants. Okay, then. Let's do this. Exterior utility pole day. Andy and Kate climb up a tall wooden pole. At the top, Andy takes off his belt and swings it around the power line that connects to the roof of the warehouse. Kate strips off her sweatshirt. Her hair's blowing in the wind. But this ain't no Bob Dylan song. We're really high up. Just follow my lead. Andy jumps off the post, sliding away. Here goes nothing. Kate closes her eyes and takes the leap of faith. She zips through the air like an action hero. Bam! She runs smack into Andy. What the hell? I'm stuck! Oh, what do you mean you're stuck? Andy and Kate dangle in the middle of a snagging power line. Andy's hands start to slip. I don't know how much longer I can hold on. His pants start slipping, too. Down below, a guard turns a corner and walks their way, scanning for intruders. We can do this. Just keep going. Please, don't look up. Andy inches his belt forward when a big fat pigeon lands in front of him. There's a, there's a bird in my way. Move it. <laughs> it starts pecking at him. Ow, ow, it's attacking me. Back. Back, you demon spawn, back! Andy shoves the head, and it shits on his head. It just took a dump on me. Oh, man, I got some in my mouth. (laughs) The guard stops right under them. Did he hear something? The bird shit slowly drips down Andy's nose. (laughs) A clump gathers at the tip. The guard looks around. The bird flies away, squawking. Andy's nose drips. The guard moves on just as the the shit splats where he'd been standing. Oof. Andy and Kate inch forward, and his pants drop to his ankles, bare ass to the world. There that goes. Really? What? You told me to return the boxers. <laughs> Exterior warehouse roof day. They drop to the roof and peer down through a dirty skylight. Inside, forklifts move crates through chutes and rusty conveyor belts. Andy grabs some old ratchet straps, tests their durability. Okay, we'll lower you down like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. I watched behind the scenes on the DVD, so we're money. <laughs> when will you learn that watching special features does not make you an expert? Andy wipes the window pane for a better look. He leans on the glass. Look, 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 we can land right there. Wait, is that, is that a Buppy the Squirrel? Crack. The skylight shatters, they fall in t- interior warehouse same, and land on a chute, knocking the gun loose. They slip and slide in split ways. Andy! Kate! They tumble into their own dark tunnels of destiny. Just kidding, we're not that lame. Okay, we are. <laughs> Interior storage room, same. The chute craps Andy out into a room full of Funland stuffed animals, all torn and disemboweled. The horror. <laughs> the horror. Footsteps approach. Andy panics and dives into a pile of toy entrails. They pass. Andy pokes his head out. An idea. 
Interior locker room, same. Kate crashes through a side vent into a room lined with steel lockers. She reaches for her gun, but it's not there. Shit. A stream of women flood in, followed by men with guns. Double shit. The women strip down to their underwear, hanging their clothes in their, in their lockers. Kate freezes. Kate freezes. Awkward, panicky. She doesn't know what to do. A sleazy guard points his gun at Kate's clothes. Off. She stumbles to the only open locker and starts undressing. Her locker has Louisa R.I.P. graffitied on it. Inside, there's a framed photo of Louisa, surrounded by Jesus candles and handfuls of rosaries. What happened? No speaking. Rosalita, 40s, a feisty Latina with Louisa's face and never forget, 1974 <laughs> through 2006, tattooed on her arm, leans in. Just know that when the time is right, we will get justice for what they did to her. Kate gulps. The guards usher the women single file into the workroom, where they sit at their stations, each in, front of, each in front of a pile of Funland stuffed animals. They tear out the stuffing, revealing bags of crock inside. Kate picks up her stitch puller and reluctantly follows suit. Interior warehouse hallway, same. A giant puppy the squirrel peeks out and looks both ways. It, stepped in, it steps into the hallway, and it's Andy. He waddles down the corridor, finding voices. Please don't don't kill me. I don't even know how I got here. I promise I won't say anything. I I, I want to go home. Steve? Sound of a backhand slap. Quiet. I'll deal with you later. Andy sneaks through an open door. Interior warehouse, main room, same. Andy hides behind crates in the back, blending in with the scattered stuffed animals. Through his bubby head, he, cloaks, he clocks guards on the periphery and up in the catwalks. Whew, that's a lot of henchmen. <laughs> Spying over the crates, he spots the action in the middle of the room. Sergio, Jorge, and Steve are all tied to chairs. Bloody and bruised, Steve's off to the side, Steve's off to the side next to more stuffed animals. Thor looms over Jorge, throwing a hard hit. Nobody steals from this organization. Jorge spits out a tooth. <laughs> Pudrete en el infierno, Drago. Holy shit, that's the guy from the police sketch. That's Alexi. Exterior warehouse roof, same. A rooftop guard walks the perimeter. He spots the hole in the skylight and Kate's sweatshirt caught on the broken glass. We have a security breach. Intruders on the premises. I repeat, a security breach. Interior workroom, same. Everyone continues dismantling Funland animals. Kate's pile of croc is paltry. It looks like the new girl needs some motivation. The guard flicks open his knife. Kate nervously drops her stitch puller. Pick it up. Rosalita and the women look on with trepidation. Let's play a game. How many bags can you find in ten seconds? Uh, I'm doing the bet. Time's ticking. Eight. Seven. Kate tears frantically at the animals. She's not getting very far. Three. Two. The guard's walkie blares. There's an intruder in the warehouse. Everything on alert. Find them. On our way. To be continued. All the guards leave but one. He's a lonely-looking putz. A switch puller starts tapping at the desk, like a drumbeat, slow and methodic. It's Rosalita. Another joins in, then another. Pretty soon the whole room pounds their, their tables in unity, then silence. Justice for Luisa! The women yell like Xenia and charge at the guard. Slow motion, a blitzkrieg of middle-aged boobs and flabby cellulite. <laughs> they kick and hit him with stuffed animals, and stuffing flies everywhere. Kate flees. Interior warehouse main room, same. Andy watches as Thor pummels Sergio. He sees his chance and sneaks around next to Steve. His buppy suit acts like camouflage. Tu madre es una puta fea. Leave him alone, pendejo. You want to fight? Fight me. Jorge rubs his bound hands behind his chair. The rope frays a little. Thor walks over, winds up, about to strike. Stop. I want to deal with them myself. A pair of fuck-me shoes clink down the metal <laughs> stairs from the catwalk. Power suit, sexy veil hat... It's the dominatrix from earlier. Andy watches, terrified. 
and a little turned on. All the guards tense up. Thor steps back, and Steve cowers. I thought you said there were two. Please, I, I'm a nobody. I, I didn't do anything. I'm not supposed to be here. The dominatrix rests her heel on Steve's crotch. He trembles. We'll find out soon enough. She kicks his chair, knocking him flat on his back. Steve whimpers. Now to Sergio and Jorge. Let me tell you a little story. My father, the famous general Konstantin Roboski, always wanted a son. But he didn't get a son. He got me. Thor snaps open a metal briefcase. Inside are oversized syringes filled with black fluid. He cut my hair like a boy. He dressed me like a boy. Taught me to hunt and fight. He even gave me a boy's name. The dominatrix holds up one of the syringes to the light. Sergio and Jorge look on warily, and Andy's eyes widen. But when I was twelve, I bled. No more little boy. He smashed my face with an iron and threw me outside into the Siberian winter. My blood froze and my veins ruptured. The dominatrix pulls aside her veil, revealing a cracked china doll visage on, on half of her face. Jorge cringes and so does Andy. That was the last time I let someone disrespect me. I am Alexi, and no one fucks with Alexi. Andy can barely contain himself. Oh shit! That's Alexi? Oh, I gotta get Steve out of here. Psst! Steve! Steve looks up from sniveling on the floor. A big puppy is gesturing at him. What the? He thinks he's crazy. The puppy gets closer. Get, get away from me, talking squirrel. <laughs> Andy tries to show his face through Buppy's mouth. Steve, it's me. Steve starts screaming like a little girl. What the fuck you ain't Andy? <laughs> Everyone turns and looks. Andy plays stuffed animal completely still. What the hell is going on over there? She signals Thor. He walks up to Steve and kicks him. I don't know your name. Do you want me to learn it? Steve's crotch gets wet. Yep, that's right. He <laughs> peed his pants. <laughs> We're not scared of you, pinche punto hoy. We know all about the delivery. You don't want something to go wrong, do you? That's a chance I'm willing to take. Alexi stabs Sergio in the stomach, plunges the syringe. After the initial shock, after the initial shock, Sergio is okay. Nothing seems to happen. Cut him loose. Thor obeys. Everyone's confused. Sergio sloughs off the ropes and stands up. And that's all you got? He looks down at his abdomen. It's twitching and itchy. He starts to scratch, and the sensation grows more intense. Crocodile has made us a lot of money because because of its incredible high. But when injected in its purest form... Sergio scratches harder. He drops to the ground, writhing in agonizing itchiness. He can't bear it. Andy squirms in his suit, scratching his own stomach. What did you do to him? Stop scratching, puppy. You're stronger than this. Sergio tears at his skin. Flesh starts to rip. Blood spurts out. Andy wretches, barely holding it back. Guts spill out onto the floor like spaghettios. Hermano! Andy blows chunks in his suit. <laughs> Interior warehouse hallway, same. Kate scurries around, lost. In her lingerie, trying to find Andy or the gun. She finds the gun, and Kate hears guards nearby. She panics and runs blindly in the opposite direction through a door into the main room and right into some major shit. Guards from every level aim their sights at her. Why can't I torture one fucking person without an interruption? Kate waves her revolver around, trembling. She clocks Sergio's bloody body and Steve tied to a chair. Who the fuck are you? Kate points her guns at Alexi. In shock, can't utter a word. Andy looks for a way to get her, and a dozen guards block his path. Shit! Are you deaf? No, I'm less English. Still no response from Kate. Except a... <gasps> The guards bristle. Alexi laughs. Oh, poor little girl is scared. Doesn't know what to do. 
Do you shoot me? Do you shoot him? Do you try to get away? Alexi closes in. Or do you just do nothing? Tears start to stream down Kate's cheeks. (laughs) Alexi puts her hand around the barrel of a gun as if under a spell. Kate lets it go. I thought so. Alexi turns the gun on Kate, points it right between her eyes. (laughs) Kate gets a snot bubble the size of Virginia. Ugh, you're disgusting. Not even worth my time. Alexi hands the gun to a guard. Kate stands alone, all crying in hiccups. A henchman takes Kate's arms. It's now or never. Buppy the squirrel comes to life and charges through the guards. Get your hands off her! He rams the henchman off Kate, knocking him out cold. Who says I can't handle the suit? (laughs) Jorge breaks free and socks a thug, grabs his machine gun and fires in all directions. Alexi takes cover. Fuck you, bitch! I'm gonna get you if it's the last thing I do. Everyone scatters, returning fire. Ducking, Andy pulls off his buppy head. You okay, babe? Andy, why are you in a buppy suit? Why are you in your underwear? We all have shit we gotta deal with. Just follow me, okay? (laughs) Bullets whiz by them as they dodge towards Steve. The barrage of half-naked women flood in and join the fray, stabbing guards with stitch pullers. Justice for Luisa! It's a melee. The sleazy guard jumps in front of Kate and Andy. There you are. We didn't finish our game. Andy thinks. Remember that spin move on the shitty kid at Funland? So does he. He turns like a tornado and whacks the guard with his tail, setting him into a wall. The mob of middle-aged women devour him like quicksand. Andy unties Steve. Man, am I glad to see you. How do we How do we get out of here? There! They see a loading cart and run for it. Bullets fly everywhere and Kate trips. Andy, my ankle! Andy doubles back. His tail gets shot to pieces. Oh, man, the tail's the best part. He picks Kate up and heads for the buggy. What a sight. A half-man, half-squirrel carrying a woman in lingerie through a warehouse gun battle. Steve jumps behind the wheel of the cart, and Andy sets Kate in the back. Let's get out of here. Steve slams the pedal and bulldozes through the warehouse. The warehouse. He zigs and zags, hard left, then right. Look out! He clips a guard. Kate's revolver lands on the seat next to Andy. Didn't see that coming. Thor and his guards follow in pursuit, guns blazing. Bam! Bullets hit the cart, a wheel gets shot off, the cart thumps along... Where am I going, Andy? Andy points to the open shipping doors across the warehouse. There! That's our exit! They're right behind us. We'll never make it. Just go! More bullets hit the car. The roof flies off, and Thor and his men nip at their heels. Watch out! Whoosh! A low-hanging pipe almost takes them off their heads. A low-hanging pipe almost takes off their heads. (laughs) Andy looks ahead to the shipping exit. Next to it, an electric box with a big red button. He picks up Kate's revolver and aims. The cart's shaking. How is he supposed to do this? They're getting closer! Andy taps into his inner force. Bang! He hits the target. Double O Agent Goldeneye Nintendo 64. Booyah! The doors start to creak shut. Are you crazy? That was our only exit. Go, go, go! Thor and his goons plaster them with gunfire. The doors are shutting. They're not going to make it. Our heroes close their eyes. Their side mirrors shatter, but the cart squeaks through. Bam! The doors seal tight. Blah! The, 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 the Thor pounds on the metal, then turns around and heads back into the main room. The fight is over. The women have escaped, and workers clean up the mess. You let the giant stuff squirrel get away? Thor has no answer. He motions two guards over, dragging Jorge in restraints. We found him. Jorge spits on Alexi. Besa mi culo, puta. You're going to regret what you did to my brother, you... Alexi shoots Jorge point blank. His body falls to the floor. Everyone stares at Alexi as she wipes her hands with a wet nap. Who wants to be next? They get back to work, double time. Find out who they were, and make sure they don't interfere with the shipment. Don't fail me again. Interior, Hojangles fast food restaurant evening. Country western themed? Ah, uh, who are we kidding? You get the idea. Andy uses the phone booth in the back. Kate, also now also wearing Goodwill clothes, a spectacular 80s outfit, think sequins and neon, sits across from Steve. She silently stares out into space. 
E.T. phone home. <laughs> no response. He throws a french fry at her. It gets stuck in her hair. Beat. Steve eats the french fry. What were we thinking? Do you realize we almost died back there? I wet my pants, so there's that. Yeah. But for a while, I felt like motherfucking Superman. <laughs> Andy joins them, happier than a pig in. We did it, Kate! Did what? Jerry said he's putting a team together and we're going. they're going to hit the warehouse tonight! We got the tip! I don't believe you. We got the tip! We can pay our rent. We're not going to be evicted. Our credit card bills, paid. Car payments, paid. All of our problems, gone. Everything you wanted. Oh, my God. We got the tip? We got the tip? She hugs Andy. Fries spill all over the table. We did it. We got the tip. We're total badasses. From here on out, I want you both to call me Andy Schwarzenegger. Kate laughs a little too hard. (laughs) Look at me. I'm shaking, but in a good way. (laughs) She stands and jumps around the restaurant, shrieking. We got the tip! Steve tries to get in on the action, throwing ketchup packets like confetti. I, I helped. I helped. Kate sees something out the window in the drive through line. Holy shit, that's our car, those motherfuckers. She bolts attack mode. Oh, shit. Outside, Kate marches up to the short stack. It's, it's pimped out now, spinning chrome rims, neon Cassis lights, amped up suspension. Get the fuck out of my car. She rips open the driver door and pulls hood number one out of his seat and throws him to the ground. Who's the loser now? Hood number two screams. Hood number one stumbles after pulling up his pants. You're one crazy bitch. That's right. Suck my dick, Mujer. <laughs> the short stack is theirs again. Babe, you're freaking me out. Yeah, me too. But I kind of like it. The drive through worker's mouth agape opens as she holds a drink. Your, Your milkshake? <laughs> Interior warehouse night. A SWAT team busts through the doors and storms the building. Jerry and Wilkins bring up the rear. Andy rolls in on his hoverboard and Kate struts beside him. Do you think we'll be in like a cool metal suitcase? I want a giant lottery-sized check. <laughs> they look around. It's empty. Everything is gone. Are we in the right warehouse? No, 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 it can't be. Steve sticks his face in. Is everything safe? Am I missing something? It can't all be gone. There was so much gunfire. There's got to be shell casings somewhere. Kate drops to the ground and desperately scours the floor. Andy joins the hunt, and Jerry watches them crawl around like demented chipmunks. The, the, the guy itched himself to death over there. there. There should be guts everywhere. We're telling the truth. I swear, I stood right there with a gun to my head, and I spoke to her. Technically, you didn't really say anything. <laughs> Shut up, Steve. Her. <laughs> All of our intel confirms Alexi is a male. The SWAT team leader checks in. All clear. Nothing to see here. Jerry checks in with Wilkins. No bark. That's dog for... Didn't find anything. (laughs) I warned you what would happen if you fucked with me. Interior jail night. Steve sulks on a couch. Kate's huddled in the corner. Fucking Jerry with a G. (laughs) Andy won't let go of the bars. But we were so close. You can't do this to us. It was a solid plan. Not my problem. I didn't think my life could get any worse. I was wrong. Steve inspects graffiti on the wall. Casey, Casey Anthony was here. <laughs> you said this would work. You said we just needed a tip. We'll be okay. Everything will be okay. You can't just say everything will be okay, Andy. It won't. I quit my job because of you. I broke the law because of you. I flashed a stranger. She's on her feet. You always get us into these ridiculous situations. You're almost getting me killed multiple times. That's the opposite of okay. Andy's about to respond. You never think about me because you're selfish. You've always been selfish. Steve rocks back and forth, eyes closed, hands on stomach. Guys, this is really stressing me out and I get gassy when I'm upset. If I didn't marry you, I would have done something with my life. I would have gone to college. I would have gotten a real job. I didn't stop you. Kate gets in his face. Yes, you did. Your life is a mess, and I always had to clean it up. You're like Hurricane Andrew. You can't even do dishes without needing a FEMA response unit. 
Andy relents. That one's totally true. We're going to be evicted tomorrow, and we have nothing. I don't even have the clothes on my back. You, you guys. I hate my life, and what I hate most about it is you. Steve lets one rip. Andy regroups. But, but we're in it together. I got you, babe. Wake up, Andy. Sonny and Cher got a divorce. <laughs> a prison guard approaches and unlocks the door. You kids better thank your lucky charms. Someone coughed up your bail. You're free to go. The cage opens. Kate's out of there. Steve runs after her. The prison guard smells something funny. <laughs> Andy's alone in the cell in shock. Interior front desk night. Kate and Steve head for the door. This has been the longest day of my life. I'm going to get a bite to eat, take a massive dump, and then go the fuck home. They see a nervous-looking Don. What are you doing here? The receptionist hangs a bird painting on the wall. Turns out you were right. Someone thought they were worth something. Told you so. Thanks, ma'am. He attempts to give Don a hip handshake. Epic failure. <laughs> Where's Andy? He's not coming. Interior, exterior, short stack mobile, night. Andy drags himself to the car and slumps into the driver's seat, depressed. There's a parking ticket on the windshield. Ugh, I deserve it. He grabs it and shoves it in his pocket. But there's something else in there. He pulls out a charred paper from the house. SM Post V930. That sounds so familiar. Wait a minute. He heads for the trunk. Andy wrestles out of his ratty hoodie, the same one he wore in the stock room. He pulls out a crumpled ink-stained piece of paper, the Funland shipping invoice. Andy scans the fine print of the delivery schedule, and there it is. SS Strax Samposaby. It's a boat! Dock 84, Miami Harbor! He looks back to the paper. 9.30. 9, 9.30 p.m. He checks his watch. It's 8.45 p.m. now. I can fix this. The car squeals out onto the street. He's a man on a mission. Interior trailer night. Steve dumps his plate in the sink and heads straight for the bathroom. Kate does the dishes, scrubbing really hard. Do you want to talk about it? No. You're gonna take the glaze off the plate. I don't give a shit about the plates. Her brush slips, splash, and dishwater soaks the kitchen wall. Damn it. She throws down her scrubber and Don starts cleaning up the mess. In the bathroom, Steve hums indistinctly. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Life isn't what I thought it would be. What did you want it to be? Something. Anything. All the choices I make seem wrong, and the more I try, the worse it gets. It just feels like life has passed me by. Really? Because from what I've seen, you've had more adventures in the past week than I could ever dream of. The past seven days don't count. <laughs> Did you know today was the first time I've really been out of these woods in 15 years? Kate shakes her head. Sometimes it's the birds who leave the nest last that fly the highest. And it's never too late to try. Kate lets this sink in. What if you fall? You hope your loved ones are there to catch you. Kate washes the dishwasher, run down the counter to the floor. The humming from the bathroom comes in clear. I've got you, babe. You know that Andy still claims he's 13 years old because of a 7th grade field trip to the Fountain of Youth? Steve comes out of the bathroom. Okay, guys, it's been real, but I'm heading out. I hope I never see any of you again. <laughs> he opens the door. I didn't think you had neighbors. In the shadows, men with guns. Get down! Gunfire. Bullets rip through the trailer. Birds squawk. Paintings shred. Lamps explode. Tires screech outside. Is everyone okay? Don and Steve shrug off dust and debris. Andy. We gotta find Andy. I'm on it. He dials his cell. The number has been disconnected due to lack of payment. No dice. Kate spots a box of bird trackers spilled all over the floor. She picks one up. Do these actually work? The camera punches in on everyone's face and they all look concerned. Commercial break. Not really. This is a movie dummy. <laughs> Exterior Miami docks night. Andy peers around a shipping container to a massive cargo vessel. Painted on the hall, Strax Samposabi. 
Cranes and dock workers unload crates while thugs pack up unmarked vans. Using his hands as a telescope, Andy spots the customs agent waving people on board. It's Thor and Alexi. Bingo. Andy hears something. Shit! He climbs into the flatbed of a forklift and covers himself with the tarp. The footsteps walk by, all clear. Ooh, that was close. Room. The forklift comes to life. It's moving. Andy tumbles left and right as it heads onto the ship. On deck, Andy peeks out the back of the moving vehicle. He sees Alexi and Thor receding in the distance. He's going the wrong way. The forklift heads into the maze of shipping containers. Exterior swamp night. Jerry and Wilkins wade through the muck towards a forensic scientist standing by a white sheet. Frankly, sir, I've just never seen anything like this. He's, he pulls back the sheet to reveal two dead bodies. Buried in the swamp. Original. One has a gunshot wound to the head, but the other, well, it, it looks like he... Jerry looks closer. Itched out his stomach. Mm-hmm. I'll be damned. Wilkins howls. Exterior strikes and pose a bee night. Still under the tarp, still on the move. Beep. Andy looks around. What the hell was that? Beep. He looks down. <laughs> it's coming from his stomach. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> Beep, beep. The forklift comes to a stop. Andy prods his stomach. Shh, stop beep, it. Beep, beep. <laughs> God beep, damn it. Beep, 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 beep. The tar's pulled back. A gun sticks in his face. It's the putz guard from the warehouse all bandaged up. Get out. On your feet. Hands where I can see them. Andy complies. Beep. What was that? What? Beep, beep. <laughs> that. Andy's at a loss. Uh, uh, a bomb. A bomb! I've got a bomb under here. The guard takes a step back. Yeah, yeah, you better not shoot me or, or, or this this whole thing just goes up in flames. It's getting faster. Why is it getting faster? Because you're stressing me the fuck out, man. Put the gun down. Okay, 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 okay. I'm putting it down. The guard's hand shakes as he lowers the pistol onto the ground. On his way up, bam! Kate clocks him over the head with Don's revolver. The putz guard crumbles to the floor. Kate? Andy, what do you think you're doing? She tucks down the antenna on her tracking advice and the beeping stops. Well, I, I wanted to fix it. I, I've let you down enough. If, if, if we're going to get the reward money, I have to bring Alexi in handcuffed. He takes off towards the ship's tower and Kate follows. You don't have to do this. I'm not putting you in danger anymore. Stop, you're not listening. I'm sorry. That gets his attention. I took all my frustrations out on you instead of facing my own fears, and you deserve better. But you were right. I've always taken you for granted. Now I, I want to do this for you. Don't do it for me. Do it with me. Andy's touched. He takes her hands. You mean sexually? <laughs> yes, sexually. She kisses him. For the record, I never thought you were a failure. Success or failure... Life would be no fun without you. Bang! A bullet slams into the container between them. Oh, yeah. I think we should run now. Good idea. (laughs) They sprint for cover, still holding hands. Intruder! Intruder! Gunfire erupts from all directions. Kate and Andy scramble from container to container until they reach a dead end. Goons follow with machine guns. Andy and Kate hide behind a box. Kate digs around in her backpack and pulls out a glittery pink walkie. Mayday, mayday. Uh, Babe, I don't think the people at Fisher and Price are going to care. (laughs) (laughs) On the docks, two headlights pierce the darkness and weave down the harbor. It's the short stack mobile, jacked on hydraulics and lit up like the 4th of July. It rockets toward the ship, jumps a barricade and floors it up a ramp onto the ship's deck. Everyone scatters. It's chaos. Whoa, babe. Steve pops his head out the window. You call for backup? Kate tosses Andy his hoverboard. It's go time. (laughs) From the captain's deck, Alexi and Thor see the commotion. Idiots. They're going to bring every cop in Miami down here. She shouts at her crew, shoving a nearby dock hand. Get back to work. Now. 
finish this or I'll have a syringe waiting for you. Thor nods and moves out. On the main deck, bad guys shoot at our heroes. Kate returns fire with Don's revolver. Not a great shot, but enough for cover. Andy yanks off a pancake from the short stack and Captain America's the fuck out of a nearby goon. <laughs> Steve motors the short stack around the deck, knocking guards over like bowling pins. Handfuls of birdseed rain down onto the group of thugs. They look confused until... Mean motherfucker giant seagulls dive-bomb them from above. It's Pearl Harbor, baby. On top of a container, Don steps out of the shadows in full camo gear. They call him shithawks for a reason. Don! You're here! Whoosh! A giant hook swoops down from a crane. Andy dies on the ground. Whoa! Above a tower of steel, the crane operator jams a lever. The hook swings back. It smashes a shipping container. With Alexi, sirens wail in the distance. This wasn't part of the deal. He runs, probably all the way to witness protection. Fucking coward. Alexi looks around. It's chaos. On the horizon, red lights, red and blue lights flash. Fuck. On the main deck, Kate spots Alexi heading down a stairwell and off the ship. She's getting away. Kate looks around. Her roller skates stick out of the short stack. I'm going after her. Cover me. Andy runs from a swinging hook. Everyone flees its campaign of carnage. No, I don't think I have to. Kate gets up on her skates. One push, then another. She's doing it. Kate rolls through the fray. Fuck me. Whoosh. The hook chases down Steve in the short stack mobile. The cat and ma- they cat and mouse around the deck. Get it off me. Get it off me. On his container, Don pulls out a tranquilizer gun. He trains his sights on the crane operator and fires. It's a miss. The dart bounces off the glass. Look out. Steve rolls out of the car and the hook creams the short stack mobile. Metal parts and plastic breakfast foods explode everywhere. Fuck this shit. He runs and hides. The operator trains his sights on Andy. Whoosh. He barely escapes as the hook obliterates the captain's deck. Come on, you son of a bitch. The operator swings around again. There's an opening. Don pulls the trigger and thwomp right in the chest. The operator collapses unconscious onto the controls. The crane pivots erratically. Don gives Andy a thumbs up and bam, he's shot from behind. Dad! Don falls off the crate and crashes onto the ground below, revealing Thor holding a smoking gun. There's no escaping this time. Whoosh, the hook swings by again. Out of control, it hits Thor's container, knocking him off, and wraps around the base of the crane over and over again. Metal screeches, the crane collapsing like an AT-AT walker and Empire Stripes back. Kaboom. Exterior neighborhood... Neighboring Marina, same. Kate skates after Alexi. She slingshots around light poles and jumps over fishing nets. She wobbles but catches her balance. Up ahead, Alexi reaches a shack. She points her pistol at the dockmaster. Give me a bolt. What the hell? She rounds. She fires around next to his head. Keys, now. The dockmaster shakily unlocks a metal box. He tosses her a set. Slip 24. She takes off down the pier and climbs into a speedboat. As Kate rolls toward the dock... As Kate rolls toward the dockmaster... She doesn't know how to stop and crash. Where'd she go? Out the window, Alexi's speedboat rolls to life. Damn it. I suppose you want keys too? Interior, exterior, Kate's speedboat, same. Kate, behind the wheel of the seas of the day. Here goes nothing. She turns the keys and reverses into another boat. Whoops. Onwards and upwards. She speeds out of the marina onto the open sea. Alexi's off in the distance. Kate looks at her controls. There's a big red button encased in glass. I wonder what this does. (laughs) She presses it. Flames shoot out of the exhaust. Nitrous. Kate's thrown to the deck of the speedboat and it flies like lightning over the water. Exterior Miami docks, same. The SWAT team storms in. Choppers, trucks, and battering rams. The works. They engage in a firefight with the remaining baddies. On the ship, through smoke, flames, and debris, Thor advances on Andy like the Terminator. Oh, shit! I will squash you like the Oshibka you are. Andy throws his pancake at Thor. He breaks it over his knee. Andy charges on his hoverboard. Thor punches him clean off his wheels and stomps the board to dust. R.I.P. How did America win Cold War? 
You are sissy girls. Thor swats him away like a fly. He hits a wall and falls next to Don, who's groaning and bleeding profusely. Don! You're gonna make it. You'll be okay, I promise. Andy's arm is shattered. He can barely move it. Thor comes at him again, and Andy panics. Steve, where are you, man? I could use a little help. Behind some crates, Steve cowering in a corner, traumatized. I, I, I can't do it. I, I just can't do it. Somebody! Anybody, help! Back on Andy. No one's coming, and Thor's closing in. Don moans and nudges something towards Andy. It's his trank gun. Andy stands. <laughs> night, night, comrade. Bang! He shoots Thor point blank. The Hulk drops to his knees, stunned, until he pulls out a knife and stabs Andy in the leg. Holy shit! Andy hobbles backwards and falls onto the ground. The knife juts out from his thigh. Oh, I think I'm gonna be sick. Thor pulls the dart out of his neck and gets up. You will pay for that. Andy crawls back in sheer desperation, disappearing around a corner. Interior, exterior, Kate's speedboat, same. Kate catches up to Alexi, their neck and neck. Give up, Alexi. Stop the boat and turn around. Alexi jerks her boat hard into Kate and bam! Kate veers off and hits a big wave. Whoosh! She's soaked. She regains control of the vessel, shaken. So it's like that. She hammers back. Boom! Alexi's thrown to the deck. She wipes blood from her lip and seems to like it. Baby's all grown up. Alexi hits her back again harder. It becomes a total ram fest. Hit after hit, they pummel each other to a pulp, bouncing over the waves. How's this for doing nothing? Kate aims for Alexi's engine and wham! Direct hit. Alexi's boat's... Alexi's boat sputters to a stop, and water pours through a crack in the hull. I sunk your battleship, bitch. (laughs) Kate circles Alexi's dying vessel, holding her revolver at the ready, searching through the thick black smoke. Alexi? Alexi, it's over! Behind Kate's boat, Alexi's head pops up in the water, and she is pissed. She covertly climbs on to seize the day and creeps up behind Kate. You have nowhere to hide! Pow! Alexi knocks the gun from Kate's hand and jumps her. Kate screams. Alexi gets her in a chokehold. Easy as drowning a kitten. Kate struggles, clawing at her arms, twisting and turning until she slams her back into a wall. Kate looks for her revolver, but it's gone. She gets the hiccups. Uh-oh, we're in trouble now. <laughs> I grew up in the Russian mafia. You think you can beat me? Yeah, well, try 25 tables with one waitress and 10 screaming kids on roller skates. The two square off. Alexi jabs Kate, knocking her off the boat. Her hiccups are getting worse. Wham! A bad right a bad right hook straight into Kate's cheek. She's thrown to a corner next to a fire extinguisher. Kate grabs it and swings at Alexi. Bam! Right in the face. Alexi stumbles. Not so fierce now, are you? Alexi cracks her jaw and she doesn't feel a thing. The benefits of tough love. Kate takes another swing, only it's caught. Alexi headbutts Kate with the canister. She falls to the ground, dazed and, bar- and badly bleeding. I'm going to enjoy this. Alexi pins her down, hands around Kate's neck. She strangles her with all her might. Kate can't breathe. Her face turns red, then purple. This is this is how it's going to end. Exterior stacks Sampa Besby. Night. Andy looks around for a weapon. Nothing. Oh, come on, Andy. What, what, would, what would John McClane do? <laughs> he looks to his leg. The knife's still in there. He grits his teeth, his shaky hands, and he pulls out the knife. Fuck! <laughs> Thor turns the corner. Andy holds up the knife defiantly in the air. You want to mess with me now? I'm going to chinsu your ass. Thor pauses. There's a dead goon at his feet, and he picks up the gun. Oh, man, you're really going to bring a gun to a knife fight? Come on. You die either way. Thor aims the gun at Andy. Andy closes his eyes, bracing for it. Bang! The bullet flies through the air. No! Steve dies in front of Andy. Andy opens his eyes as, Steve's, as Steve lands in front of him. A smoking hole burns through Steve's chest. Steve! Andy can't believe it. He shakes Steve's lifeless body. 
Bam, Thor takes another shot. He hits Steve's chest again. What the hell, man? He's drawing near, and he spots a gun beneath nearby rubble. He can almost reach it. Bam! <laughs> Thor shoots Steve again. Bam! And again, it's a bloodbath. Andy uses all his might and grabs the gun. You killed my best friend, you piece of shit! He pulls the trigger, and bam! The shot misses Thor by a mile. A bullet ricochets off various pieces of metal like a pinball. It hits Thor in the foot. <laughs> nice try, Jabanki. Mushin-made steel-tip boots. But then, the metal around him starts to groan. Like dominoes, everything the bullet hits starts knocking into each other, like a giant Rube Goldberg experiment, ending in an open steel crate swinging in the air. It falls on Thor, trapping him like the 80s board game Mousetrap. Marksman super combo triple bonus. <laughs> he collapses on the ground. <sighs> Interior, exterior, Kate's speedboat, same. Alexi squeezes harder. Kate's hand grasps for something, anything. Who do you think you are coming after me? Give up. Like you should have a long time ago. Kate's starting to fade until her hand catches a string. It's a lifeboat. She yanks it and explodes into a raft, um, throwing Alexi clear. Kate coughs, gasping for air. She dashes to the control deck and grabs the radio, hammering on any button she can. Help, help, help. Can anybody hear me? Smash. Alexi takes the fire extinguisher to the radio. No one's going to rescue you. Kate's trapped. Checkmate. There's only one thing she can think of. She turns around, pointing a gun in her pocket. Alexi pauses off guard. What is this? A joke? You think you can trick me? But she's not so sure. Who says I'm bluffing? Kate's other hand frantically searches behind her back. She feels something. My hiccups are gone. <laughs> and they are. Alexi eyes her warily. I'm not afraid of you. You're just a scared little girl, compensating for the fact that nobody loves you. Kate reveals the hand behind her back, and she's got a flare gun. Bang! It fires like a cannon into Alexi's chest, and she flies overboard. Slow-mo. Kate pulls her hand from her pocket and holds up the L on her forehead. <laughs> Total badass action hero moment. Wait. Shit! I need her for the reward! <laughs> she runs to the edge of the vessel and sees Alexi floating down and floating face down in the water, and fuel pouring out of Alexi's sinking boat, and the flare burning nearby. Oh, fuck. Exterior Strax and Sam Pasetti, same. Andy holds Steve gently. Oh, why did you choose now to grow a pair of balls, you idiot? Oh, this is all my fault. Steve jolts to life. What, what happened? Did I do it? Wh- what? What the hell? How are you alive right now? He shot you like. Seven times! Steve opens his shirt, revealing a flak jacket. Don gave it to me. Thank you, Fox News. Oh, you're my hero, man. Andy hugs him as Don's wheeled by in a gurney, wrapped in bandages. He gives them a thumbs up. You're okay! Oh, I knew you'd be okay. The SWAT team rounds up henchmen into armored trucks, and Andy looks around. Where's Kate? Boom! Kaboom! Massive explosions out at sea. Kate! She's out there. She she went after Alexi. We have to find her. Jerry walks up to the other guys. The Coast Guard's on their way. Andy's eyes remain fixed on the water. I can't just wait here. I have to go after her. Exterior beach, same. Andy jogs toward the shoreline, taking off his shoes, when Wilkins howls. A spotlight focuses on something amongst the waves. It's a lifeboat with Kate and a tied-up Alexi. It lands. Kate throws Alexi down on the sand, covered in seaweed and cursing in Russian. Andy tackles Kate into the lifeboat. They make it out. A lot. Wilkins pees on Alexi, then wags his tail and slides up next to Steve, who puts an arm around Jerry. We took down Thor, by the way. Packed him up a nice-to-go box for you. You're welcome. Jerry takes a deep breath, offers his hand. (sighs) I hate to say it, but you're right. Nice work. I'll be sure to have them expedite your reward money. Then, they watch Andy and Kate continue to furiously make out. Let's give them some space, Jerry. Jerry rolls his eyes as they walk away. Fucking amateurs. (laughs) Over back, three successful, over black, 
Three successful rent payments later. Interior Floyd's Diner Day. Front page of the Daily Dudsville. The headline, unlikely couple take down Russian drug syndicate, sits above a photo of Andy and Kate receiving a huge lottery-sized check. Did you see that? They mentioned our name like 12 and a half times. We're practically famous. Kate and Don take a look. Tiki peeks over his shoulders and Floyd approaches on skates. How many... How may I take your order? He slips but catches himself, and Kate can't help but smile. I'll take a short stack of pancakes and a side of bacon. Across the diner, Steve leans on the soda machine, chatting up Barbie. You see these scars? I'm like Tupac. (laughs) Five shots couldn't drop me. You're so brave. (laughs) I wish I could take credit, but it's all instinct, you know? I see a a friend is in need, and I just react. So do you wear those skates all the time? She giggles. Back at the table. You know, I think getting shot is the best thing that ever happened to Steve. Don's phone rings. Hello? Don jolts down notes on a napkin and Andy hands Kate a box. Got something for you. She opens it. Their earrings made from fossilized pigeon feces. Don and I made them together. I appreciate the thought. (laughs) She puts them on. Don hangs up, holds his napkin in the air. We got one. All right. Andy bolts to the door and Kate falls close behind. Steve, come on. Exterior Floyd's diner saved. Andy, Kate, and Steve pile into a brand new SUV. On the doors, most wanted criminal collection service. The license plate reads, and you start. Why does our license plate say anus tart? (laughs) It's a new start. Don trails behind them. I'll get started on the paperwork back at the office. Thanks, Dad. Be careful. Kate leans out the window. It's not like it could get any worse than last time. The engine roars. The car takes off, blasting an upbeat remix version of I've Got You, Babe by Sonny and Cher. <laughs> I got you, babe. I got you. And I never let it go. Steve floors it over a bump in the road. The car goes airborne. We freeze frame and cut to black. After credits, interior hallway day. Outside a closed bathroom door, we hear magazine pages turn, grunts, then a sigh of relief. Flush, the door opens, Andy leaves, and we stay on the toilet. Beep. 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 The end. Woo! We are going to take a quick break, guys. For those listening or watching live, we'll be back in five minutes to talk with Brad and Kat all about their brilliant and hilarious action comedy, Most Wanted, so stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back here on the Unproduced Table Read. Excuse me, I just had some coffee, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> we are here with Kat Ewell and Brad Crow. We just read their hilarious, very exciting, and often heartwarming script, Most Wanted. Guys, this is such a fun script. Thank you so much for letting us bring it on. Well, thank, thank you. you for doing such an awesome job yeah. reading it. You're you welcome. It. It yeah. was, I love a movie like this because it really gives you everything. It gives you laughs, it gives you comedy, and it also gives you some heart. Comedy and laughter are the same thing. It gives you <laughs> it gives you action and it gives you heart. I think I want to ask you first: What are some of your influences? Are you guys action comedy fans? Huge action okay. comedy fans. Awesome. Um, and the Iron bring that mic a little closer, Cat, if you would. They're not very sensitive. Okay, <laughs> that's yeah. much that better. Yeah. Okay, um, which Brad really got me into, and we watched a lot in preparation for this, like The True Lies and The Birds on Wire mm. and like even going back to Lethal Weapon. Like a lot of eighties movies mm-hmm. we felt and Rush Hour. Yeah. yeah I love Rush Hour. Yeah. yeah. But we felt like in the eighties and nineties, like the tone has really shifted away from like the classic action comedy and mm-hmm. that it was like safe but violent but rated R, like all kind of at the same time, but yeah. without having to be super serious action. Mm-hmm. And we kind of wanted to do a little bit of a retro feel throwback tonally. 
I love because you know right now it feels like there's a lot of good action movies that are funny. But they're action movies with comedy. Like, I think mm-hmm. of Marvel movies are funny, but they're not funny like this. Like, I this feels like a comedy script first, but then there's lots of action as well. Do you guys, how do you feel like you balance that line? <laughs> Just trying to come up with the most absurd sequences that we could. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, what situations to get them into without having any experience. Yeah. I mean, these situations are insanity. <laughs> I really want to hear about your process because, like, uh, like the life support grandma, the diabetes, grandma, like, this is ridiculous stuff. Well, thank you. I, yeah. I, well, we decided, Kat grew up in Florida, and I visited there for, uh, with her for the first time a while ago, and it is kind of an absurd place in and of itself. Yes. And, uh, Specifically, I, I grew up outside Orlando. Not to, you know, put off any folks from Orlando that may be listening, but, like, the first time I was there, I got such a kick out of it because we're driving down the freeway, and there's a sign that, had, one of those freeway signs that says cultural attractions, and it was blank. <laughs> 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 and I just, That's and so I'm... we've, we kind of really like the idea of, of uh, setting it in kind of an absurd, yeah. unusual place. Are you guys watching Claws on TNT at all? Claws? No. no. That's interesting. That Just as a recommendation, I'm covering it here. That's like the same kind of like weird Florida. It's okay. like, it's, an, it's a little less funny than this, but it is kind of, yeah. it's about these five nail salon owners who are like, get involved with this actually Russian mafia. You oh, might enjoy it, but okay, yeah. yeah, Florida does feel like the right place to set. <laughs> yeah. What do you think it is about Florida? Again, we don't want to offend our Florida listeners, but <laughs> I do think there's kind of a California, Florida thing a little bit. Cause there's I think, like a whole America and Florida thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I would also, I would also say that there's a bad rap for Florida because they're court records are public and no one else's are so, yeah. <laughs> so you hear about them every day yeah. and every time I try to tell people like Florida's not that bad Florida's not that bad and then my parents live down in Lakeland and nope nope never mind yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, it almost feels like kind of a wild west of, of the states like anything yeah. yes. could happen there and there's not a lot of people for the land and it's kind of just like everyone's in their own sphere well so. because it's all new like I feel like so much of it just happened in the 70s and like post Disney at least mm. where I grew up so it brought a diverse weird group of people there mm-hmm. around that and yeah, yeah it very changed and like my first job was at the Magic Kingdom so that was also <laughs> part of like yep. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so like that I think was also part of the influence of growing up with all my high school friends like worked at the Magic Kingdom and like some of their stories as being characters and what happened to them and that definitely tied into some of this are you ever worried? Oh, I don't want to interrupt. No, 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 no. I was just going to ask: Are you ever worried with a script like this that you're going to push it too far? Yes, oh, yeah. for sure. And that was it. Was like nerve wracking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not to me. I mean, I, I, I don't want to see the tamed down version of this. No. Movie. You don't go see a movie like this mm-hmm. for subtlety. But yeah. <laughs> I'm curious. We, like we kind of just well, that's the thing. We write together. Like we're in the room together, and so it's a case of just throwing out stuff that makes me laugh and usually Kat's like that's terrible what are you talking about <laughs> and then Kat will be like oh this makes me laugh and I'm like oh, okay that's brilliant as always <laughs> and so we, so we sort of find some like middle ground and then we just hope that other people find it mildly amusing is there anything you cut <laughs> what's that is there anything you cut that you can remember that's not in this oh man not like on a we think we pushed the boundaries too far if okay. anything things got added like the whole grandma hooked up to life support I think was not in draft one yeah. that was mm. like we were trying to make that scene more like there was a whole sequence where 
Steve and Andy were high, were like Steve was high in the closet when the like, and they were trying and started trying on clothes and doing all sorts of stuff. And we were just <laughs> trying, and the the brothers came in, um, and we were just trying to come up with something more physically gaggy humor. Yeah. Um, need to bring moral people into a Florida script. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. It's Steve like Zach Galifianakis, or what do you? Where are you guys looking when you look at him? What is the dream role? Because you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, it. it's like that would that would work. I don't think we'd have a problem. With that. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I mean, in your eyes, mind when you're writing it. Do we, you? Well, like a reference point we were just talking about this is, and this is an old reference, but Seth Green and Can't Hardly Wait. Yeah. Oh yeah. So like that was totally. and like just thinking about early Steve Zahn roles yeah. a lot. Yeah. Are are you guys partially are there Kate and Andy aspects of your relationship? Yeah. I think <laughs> probably. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm definitely the stress case who likes to control things and a D R writing sessions and <laughs> all this kind of stuff and need to relax and have more fun. And I'm the doofus that's not worthy of her love. <laughs> <laughs> I will say though, it's so sweet. The Kate and Andy is. component, like I this movie would have worked if it was like two buffoons, you know, but like I love that you guys grounded this sweet couple going through it together and again like the idea that they're risking their lives to save their marriage is really, really smart. Was that there from the start or that was always. there. Yeah, that was always there. Is that an important yeah. part to all of your scripts, would you say? I think any time there's comedy, there should be heart. Yeah. I think that's one of our big touchstones that we always try to balance somehow. We're big, like, John Hughes fans, mm-hmm. you know. With, on At the risk of getting too schmaltzy, <laughs> we, we, we like it when there's, yeah, there's a lot of heart backing it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, but it, it, it sort of, it's set up because out of school, we went to SC. Yeah. Uh, uh, we, loved, we loved SC. Uh, uh, we had a blast. And then we got out and we realized, A, we didn't want uh, a regular office job. And, B, we had literally zero money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and student US. loans. And yeah, exactly. And student loans. So you guys looked at most wanted posters and you decided. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, we did go through the first years, like, trying to come up with, little jobs to make money however we could whether it was like I helped an old professor like tallying numbers and receipts for his taxes and yeah. like Brad would wash his rugs for him and like you know it's like are very we... odd but that was a surprisingly <laughs> a lot of work went into these industrial rugs of what are they sheepskin or something yeah. you have to sew on there and like West Hollywood like shoving this huge rug into the who knows? But that was one of them. Well, I did like, a thing where, like, I would uh, uh, look at, uh, I'd go to bars and I'd watch the bartenders and make sure they're doing the right pours and write mm-hmm. up reports on that, and you get paid for that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ended up doing, we ended up doing uh, background acting jobs, extra mm-hmm. jobs that actually turned out to be not bad yeah. and and uh, a lot of fun, and it got us into sort of stand-in work, and then we became SAG members and all this type of stuff that you know point being we did all these random things that to avoid the nine to five was that yeah. ever in the script in terms of Andy because we only see Andy in one job in this and obviously he gets fired and there's no reference to him ever or not having a job consistently like he but I feel like he would be like that like he mm-hmm. would go from job to job to job to job mm-hmm. was that ever in a draft it wasn't because we very much were thinking of these people having kind of been stuck since high school mm. and that they kind of stayed in the same life and the same relationship yeah. and everything. So we kept both of them in what their high school jobs would have mm. been. But that is very much an Andy thing yeah. to have mm-hmm. gone from Absolutely. job to job. No. But that makes sense as well. Yeah. I really like that, actually. 
the thing I'm always astounded by with really elegantly structured action films is just the amount of structuring that goes into it, the amount of just puzzling together this story. And, I mean, aside from it being funny, it is like a well-told action narrative. How do you guys structure, like, what's your process? And just maybe some advice for listening writers to make sure that all those details are in there. Well, I think uh, everyone, I think, approaches things a little differently. But, uh, you know, we were very fortunate to, uh, you know, go to a... We made sure it was a point in school to take at least one or two uh, writing classes uh, a semester. And then even after we did that, when we were doing our thesis films, we would sit in on the same classes that we had taken where they'd break down movies and stuff like that. And then when we're approaching... So that was very kind of them to let us do that. Uh, and then when we were approaching like our own stuff, we probably spend the most time outlining. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I mean, months and months and months mm-hmm. just breaking down the outline together. And, yeah. uh, so that we would like to... Once we get into the, the writing, it, it just... That's a week or two or whatever it is that that takes but <clears throat> it's all you know uh, that's not it's it's a, it's just a lot of work a lot of legwork a lot of planting and specifically payoffs. though we like rely on the sequence structure so mm-hmm. like breaking it down into eight parts where every like sequence has a main question that they're trying to answer and then mm-hmm. whatever that answer is is the next question for the next sequence so it like hopefully tags it along of like they're looking for one specific type of lead and then they either get it or don't get it and then that leads them into the next lead so mm-hmm. then there's like four main kind of lead sections until they get to the big warehouse at the end wow. mm-hmm. so is this format typical for action films kind of like these heist MacGuffin kind of movies or is it any any okay. we do it for every yeah. wow. kind of so it's like it just makes it a little less daunting than having a whole second act that you're dealing with yeah. if you look at it as four little mini things and each of them is like 10 to 15 pages mm-hmm. it's a lot better thing to try to bite off and deal with and also if you have these little tensions that are getting answered then hopefully that helps keep the readers involvement or like the list of the watchers involvement um, along the way so that they're getting answers instead of always just looking towards the big thing at the end of the act two. So is the technical aspect really important to you? Like, does it matter to you guys at what page number you hit your inciting incident and at what page you go for your first act break and at what page that you, whatever it is? I think, I don't think it's, it's not like a hardened rule, but it's also, it's a good sort of check point. Usually if you're not, there's, again, this is for a very, this is a very sort of structured, uh, it's not 2001 A Space Odyssey, Uh, but like this sort of decides right away to follow the rules. Having said that, it's not like a hard and fast rule, but if you're way off on something, there's maybe a reason why that's the case and it's probably worth looking at, Mm -hmm. but it's not something that we, uh, you know, live and die by. Like I think our first draft, the first act was like, 35 pages long or something and wow. we're like so there's a problem here yeah. somewhere yeah. like yeah. It, yeah. it tells you when there's some, some yeah, issues when there's some issues to work around were there, were there any characters that didn't quite make it to this draft he wanted to know if there's any characters that didn't make it to this draft yeah. uh-huh. no that's okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, Steve's mom used to play yeah mm. She came in. What is Steve's mom like? (laughs) (laughs) I want to meet her. I'm picturing really, really nice. Just like really, really step for the almost. Yes, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, it was like serving the like muffins and tea when they came to Steve's house. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) Speaking of characters, because there's so many fleshed out characters in this, and there are a lot of characters in here, but none of them feel neglected. Who is your favorite character to write, and who is your most difficult to write? Oh. 
Steve is the favorite, I think. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, he, Steve is the guy that you're able to say <laughs> all the things that are completely not socially acceptable. Yes. Right. <laughs> uh, through him. And he's, they're, they, and they're generally more like one-liners that mm -hmm. don't have to hold up exposition or the plot. Uh, but he's also just... Uh, that we would we we write in public a lot. We can't really write at at, at home in our apartment. It, it's, it doesn't really do it. So like Steve, I feel like is also an amalgamation of every sort of funny T-shirt and weird person that we <laughs> yeah. like, yes. walk by. And it's it's yeah. So we we appreciate him. Uh, I think Kate and her dad, I think, were the hardest mm. bits. And yeah. Kate particularly, we really worked in like with different drafts, trying out different little versions of what her changes and exactly what like lesson she needed to learn and. With the dad, it we wrestled with how much we felt like the script comes to a halt mm -hmm. or not mm -hmm. in that, because that's really not an action-y sequence where so many of the other sequences are just very compelling, and that's just they're sitting in a room um, and what it's going to be. But then we wanted him to kind of be like the alter ego of if all of her fears and everything went too far. Mm. But then trying to make that funny was really tough. I actually even loved how you tied in Andy in that whole storyline as well because toward the end he starts calling him dad and yeah, I that was funny. I loved that because I didn't it, I didn't really put two and two together because he the Don is so disassociated from Kate mm -hmm. in their relationship so I I didn't really understand that yeah they're married so that technically does make that your father-in-law so yeah. I loved I loved just Andy and Don's relationship having evolved throughout the script as well so commend kudos to you guys for doing that <laughs> too thank just you. little things like that which I thought was really cool thank you D Dawn was I think our way of kind of grounding it a little bit just yeah. making sure it didn't seem too off the rails uh, <laughs> literally uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, it, why I think that was so we rewrote that scene probably four or five times entirely new scenes because I think we were always trying to make Kate's um, issues very complex and all that mm -hmm. and in a movie like this when you've got so much happening on the outside it's it's tough to take off a big bite on the inside. So we simply Dawn was the scene that allowed us to sort of slim down her just fear issues mm -hmm. and boil it down to to those types of neuroses. Do you feel like it's Kate's movie ultimately? Like, because I'm always mm -hmm. I feel like all every book you read on screenwriting is like one protagonist, one journey. Though this feels like dual protagonists, and it really it's about their relationship. They but even say Thelma and Louise has one protagonist. Yeah, yeah. It's Thelma and Louise. So you, usually, as writers, you do have an answer for that. Yeah, it, it seems like you do. Yeah. yeah. Can you can you speak to that though? Because I think that's really hard to write sort of two leads and make that work structurally. Well, we I I agree. I think it is definitely Kate's movie I think we we had a lot of talk about that we wanted it originally to be both of theirs uh, equally mm -hmm. and uh, we ran into a bunch of roadblocks and there's a reason why you know we don't it's already a little long uh, uh, but we don't run uh, we don't meet a lot of Andy's family there oh, that's the thing we had a whole scene where it was with Kate's family where Andy would oh, meet yeah. the parents kind of there used to be parents they're like like the, Dawn, the mom like the side family. of things, mm -hmm. like the, and the mom and the remarried husband mm -hmm. and like the perfect stepchildren and how they all, because it used to be like the stepdad's boat right. that she took at the end instead of just a oh, random interesting. one. But uh, like we wanted to dig in a little bit into, we're able to dig into Kate's family and Kate's fears and concerns and, and Andy, you don't really, we don't get that. Uh, but I, we also at the same time wanted Andy to change. Mm -hmm. So they both change you I just feel like she it's she's driving the, the narrative yeah she's driving the change. Yeah. yeah and she's driving the conflict too I guess mm -hmm. because she I mean 
obviously there's sense of, a sense of discontentment with both of them, mm-hmm. but Kate's really the one who's unhappy and wants to change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I guess that is kind of the catalyst for all of this, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. How did you come up with the fact that Andy catches somebody in, like, a a deli. I'm sorry, I'm from New York. Like a, in a, in a bodega in a, a store. A a yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. A 7-Eleven, thank you. How, how did, where did you come up with that? Man, I'm trying to remember now. Like, because that essentially sets off the entire It feels movie. a yeah. little super baddie. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm sure that everything sort of, I feel like, works its way in there. I th- Well, I know, you know, we needed something that sold this as a viable option for them. Mm-hmm. And it needed to be something small and accidental. And it just seemed like uh, he would frequent his local slushy machine. Yeah. Yeah. Slushy machine. That, that, that's his breakfast. That's, uh, uh, so I think that's generally where that kind of played in. And I think, like, in also Clerks and stuff is our mm. some oh, of our favorite yes. movies. Yeah. So it's, like, just that setting. That. Yeah. yeah. I love Alexi so much. <laughs> <laughs> Did you always know you wanted a female villain? Yeah, yeah. that was another. Yeah. Is like, the opposite of Kate. To be like the two right. two sides of the coin, yeah. and it's also that's something that in these like buddy cop action comedies you never see female representation in the villainy side of things. Right, <laughs> it's, it's always the old bald Russian dude or what, whatever yeah. it is. Uh, so yeah, we liked. And that was one thing we were wondering whether it's too far to, is to making her so like James Bond villainy with like. The like yeah. the frozen face and the stuff like that, but we were just no, having. I thought that played well. Having yeah. fun. Yeah, with it, it so. fun. Yeah. It's serving something you kind of want as a viewer. It's like when you're going to these movies, seeing those tropes is nice, but then you kind of turn them on their head. Like, did you always know you wanted to give Alexi like real intrinsic character motivation for her? Be- like, that's <laughs> kind of weird and funny, and like I, I'm so here for it, but. Yeah, we always had, like, the whole reason why she was the way she was. And yeah. it was, the question was really trying to finesse and work how much of just the bad guy explaining the speech as soon as, she, you know, she steps out. Yeah. And whether you just accept it, because, again, it's one of these tropes of this yeah. type of movie. or You hope it kind of doesn't grind it to a halt, but at the same time, she has such little screen time, you really don't have any other place to throw that especially because it's a misdirect mm. so you really don't spend any time with her uh-huh. and and so you don't really have any places for her I mean she could be on the boat being like my dad told me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you had Alexi who is the opposite of Kate but you also had Alexi who had Thor and Thor is pretty much the essential opposite of Andy mm-hmm. because he's like this uber masculine mm-hmm. like I play no bullshit and then you say you have Andy who's like this just goofball guy who's just like I'm just making my way through life I mean I love I love that too I mean I, I don't know if you thought that far into it but that's what I got out of it thank you well good yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we like whatever we if we we like the whole foil character concept yeah. Yeah. we like always putting some sort of spectrum on there because especially with comedy everyone should be extreme so if you can mm-hmm. have like extreme levels on both sides of one issue and then what happens when they meet and clash yeah <laughs> And I think it's important on that level when they're extreme that I think it's helpful with that the audience knows kind of who those archetypes are so that they know the rules and then they can hope you can hopefully bring the comedy through the circumstance. Right. Can you talk to us a little bit about your your action, um, how you guys talk to the the reader like, huh, LOL, just kidding. Yeah. That's not what's up <laughs> yeah. or whatever. How did you guys that choose to do that? That is all Brad. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> 
Uh, well, I don't know. I, it's always that it's it's usually it's stuff that we're just saying when we're writing together, right. and uh, and I she, laugh really hard. And she laughs. laughs. <laughs> All right, so that's I, how we go in. Yeah, so that that's basically it. That's the I'm a glutton for the laughs, and so if she says she cracks up, then it's in. But I, you know, there's we had a lot more uh, in there in an earlier draft, but it, it, I think you have to really be careful with that stuff. I think with ours, it's it's hopefully consistent, but if you have too much, it just takes you out of the action and out of the drive and, and the lengthens scene. the script and mm-hmm. this and this yeah. didn't it was very like concise yeah. and Thank and you, well, placed. well placed yeah, yeah. And it's, it's also in tone of the movie yeah yeah but, mm-hmm. but i think that's the biggest part about the description if you you do stuff like that in the description it's in the tone of a of an action comedy that it's industry-wise that's completely acceptable yeah. and if anything hopefully helped set the tone yeah, yeah. you know yeah. like really early out the gate we wanted to to say that this is going to be fun and ridiculous and over the top yeah, and so it's more of it is in the first couple pages because we were trying to help Some in that way that. kind of cheat establish the tone <laughs> I guess but it's good you, I mean you have so little time to yeah. grab the attention yeah. of readers you've right. got to do what you can and yeah. I, I personally love it like anytime I read a script and something's even just remotely different you're like oh just because the industry can be such a factory so when you read yeah. a script that doesn't you know stand by those rules it's refreshing yeah I, and I think Shane Black is like one yeah. of our idols, mm-hmm. so yeah, he does Black that guys. a lot. Definitely. <laughs> um, I'm always interested in writing partnerships, and like I just saw you guys. Is it Google Docs you guys use, or like I'm interested in the specifics of how you guys old write. fashioned sit there with one computer. Okay. Oof. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. Everyone freaks out. Yeah. It's interesting. And it is. It makes it slower for uh-huh. sure yeah. because it has to be the time when we can actually sit there together and do something. Because we've had scripts where one person will take one draft and then the other person will rewrite that draft but I think we both felt with the comedy specifically it helps kind of to do it together to weed out some of the crap at the onset you know like if you can it passes both of your judgments then hopefully it can make it in Um, and it's just I think we think better when we're one person says something and the other person builds it and like Mm -hmm. Well, and she's, Kat's really, I feel like structurally, Kat's really excellent at um, like macro structure, like made, like outline acts, sequences, stuff like that. And well, I'm, she's Kate. She would be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more interested in like scene work and specifically, so like, or not interested, but it seems to be how we sort of work mm-hmm. it out. So it's really nice to be able to sit there. Uh, and when you start every scene, A, by having to talk it out to each other, you really limit the amount of prose that you're putting in there because it's just, it's a mouthful, which is good. Uh, but the other thing is, is you get to talk to each other right away about, okay, what is the scene about? What is the conflict? Mm-hmm. What are we, what is the goal of the scene? What do they want? How are they not getting it? And where do we go from here? And I feel like that clarity, I feel like a lot of people, particularly in a rough draft, uh, 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 but even later, uh, are not, they're not always thinking of in those terms. Uh, maybe that's not their process or whatever, but, and for us, when you're dealing with a comedy, I feel like it helps to streamline that those simple facts. Mm. It might be slower also, but you're you're kind of gaining that time back because you do have that kind of mm-hmm. partnership Filter. to feed off of. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And you're not sitting there for days trying to figure out, does this work? Does this work? And instead you have somebody right there to be like, does this work? No. Yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the number of lines of dialogue that is just like, no, yeah, that's not even happening would save us a lot of heartbreak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, I was interested to learn you were originally an English major because I don't know if I would guess that like I don't know if I would guess this is the script that would come out of, like, the stereotypical <laughs> English major. And I mean that as a compliment. Like, it's such... I guess I'm not surprised to learn that you're sort of, like, the structure, character, half of your partnership, but did you always know you wanted to write bonkers comedy scripts? 
No, that's definitely <laughs> been a discovery. And in fact, like when I was in school, my thing that I was known for and like my thesis and really my first scripts out of school were true story with dark female characters mm. like that are period piece. Oh. So it's like that was my thing was the period piece true story that have some sort of like murder element attached. Like that was my thing. And then he's basically the same thing. He's <laughs> <laughs> the like the comedy guy. And we started doing it together and just realizing how much fun it was. And it was also a much lighter space to live in right. than to like dive into research about yeah. the French Revolution for like two years. And mm -hmm. yeah. it was just life was so much better writing the comedies so but nice. I think it was also nerve-wracking for me because I don't have confidence in the comedy aspects of it whatsoever well nobody has confidence yeah. in the comedy <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be in comedy if you had confidence in it. <laughs> that's so funny have you thought I mean I, I know you mentioned like maybe a Seth Green type character for um, Steve have you thought at all about other casting obviously besides yeah us in the room. Yeah. brilliant <laughs> I'm uh, available yeah uh we, um, for Kate, we were looking at, uh, like, actually, we were interested in, like, almost a Dax Shepard, Kristen Bell, mm. Andy mm. duo. Yeah. I like the idea of, like, a married couple uh, uh, playing that in real life. I think that could be really interesting, and they'd be sort of an interesting one. But Anna Kendrick was another name we okay. threw up for mm. her. Uh, for him, we were looking at uh, just random thoughts, but like uh, like a Channing Tatum or a, mm -hmm. or a, a Chris Pratt yeah. or... Uh, you know, someone that's a that's that has that unbridled enthusiasm and optimism yeah. that that can bring that to there because it's kind of a childish right. outlook yeah. on life. Um, I definitely got Chris Pratt, and I was also mm. thinking Seth Rogen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. thinking yeah. Seth Rogen yeah. too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and then I was thinking Kristen Wiig for Kate. Interesting, mm. but she might be a little I, you know, too older than I think what you guys were thinking. I, yeah. I thought who would be perfect for Kate, but she's too old now. But who in my head I was thinking about was Drew Barrymore back in the day. Mm. Like oh, I thought yeah. she would have been an amazing, yeah. Definitely. No, absolutely. That's really good. I but do you, seriously, you guys were really fantastic. You guys it was so nice. fun listening to all of you yeah. guys. You know, pretty much the same as <laughs> <laughs> um, Without the partying. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> it is nice, though, because I do think the best writing gives you an idea of actors but isn't limiting. And, like, I do sure. think mm -hmm. certain actors could bring things to these roles that we might not even be seeing. So I commend you on that because it's a bummer when you read a script and it's like this is a... Jack Nicholson type, and you're like, right. okay, you wrote Jack Nicholson in yeah. this script, yeah. so right. it's good. I think there's a lot of flexibility to these characters, even though they're well-defined. Thank, Thank you. you. And what was fun, like, listening to it is you guys were able to make some lines that I don't think I certainly, I don't know about you, thought were funny lines, but you made them really funny yeah. with how yeah. you performed them, so yeah. it was like... Really awesome. That's good. Now we know yeah. how to cut those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you do, don't touch that scene that we could not. Yeah. Oh the DMV God. scene and oh. the, the, the house crap. scene, is, I just can't. Oh, God. Well, it's one of those crazy scenes that doesn't, like, it's sort of, it, it's, it's a little far-fetched in the dialogue, but that always made Kat and I crack up, and we are just like, maybe other people might. Yeah. <laughs> so it was really uh, heartwarming to hear you guys enjoy yourself. Like, no, it didn't matter how many years I've been at Groundlings or what acting classes I've taken. I was like, nope, can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, We were trying. Not, not holding really that one in. Like, yeah. 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 Was I, this the first time that you've had it table read? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. yeah. What is there anything that you would have changed? Or obviously you said things that you really liked, but is there anything that you would have changed? Well, even though we thought we had, I think, sparse prose, it still felt like a yeah. lot of prose where mm -hmm. it was interrupting some of the dialogue. And then I felt like sometimes 
the characters couldn't get into a good flow because it was getting interrupted mm-hmm. with. I agree. In all fairness, though, it's a table read, so it's right. like mm-hmm. you, he wouldn't be saying that. Yeah, yeah. He would just yeah. be doing it, and then it yeah. wouldn't be interrupting. So don't be too hard on yeah. yourself. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, it's, it's, it's such a fine line, and who knows what it is, because some of the gags, uh, particularly towards the end, are more physical, which you mm-hmm. obviously need the prose for, but yet it, it does grind things down a little bit. So, yeah, it's, I think you just have to make sure it's always lean. I'm actually really glad you pointed that out, because there was one scene in particular that seems like you would have to be watching it to make it funny Mm -hmm. but just reading it and it was a scene when they're on the wire and the Uh bird poop Mm -hmm. is coming down his face (laughs) and I was like this is hilarious and Uh it's I'm not even watching it I'm Uh you're literally reading what's happening and I think there were a lot of moments in that in the script with just reading it that made it funny so I honestly can't wait to I I thought he was gonna stick his tongue out try to stop it from this is going down his nose I was like he's gonna do it he's gonna do it like oh god so I was actually very happy it dripped to the ground (laughs) they're gonna change it now I know like I was picturing it her being like oh my god I'm never sleeping again I'm picturing it too if he's upside down but it's even funnier if he sticks his tongue out and uh, it's going... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, just somehow, I don't know. Well, that was, that's funny, that, thanks for bringing that up. That's one of those things that we were just like, is this too stupid? No. And I was like, no, we, we loved it. So yeah. we are like, okay, we might be the only people that are... But you know what, well, yeah. let's, let's see what happens. Yeah. I love it. I loved it. Um, any, of, any things that you heard, I guess we just asked this question, but like any yeah. maybe specific character interpretations that took you by surprise based on our read or... It's okay if the answer's no. <laughs> no, not by no. No, That's good. I think yeah, I think you guys were you guys, nailed it. Yeah, you guys were fantastic. It was really, uh, really impressive. Well, it's such a fun uh, script. Uh, like it's it's not hard to make it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> definitely. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was really exciting to hear it up on its feet. So that was good. Yeah. yeah. Well, that being said, like if people want to connect with you and snatch this thing up, like I was telling Tim. Sometimes we get these scripts in here. I mean, all of the scripts we read, we're reading award-winning scripts, but this one especially, like, I would just love to see this in theaters next yeah. week. And I do yeah. think you look at, like, a it's game a good timeline, night, I think. tag, That's, horrible I was bosses. Thinking tag, yes. It's a lot of... I, action comedies are kind of mm-hmm. coming back right now. 21, 22 Jump Street. Yeah. I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah those are great movies. That being said, if people want to connect with you and snatch this thing up, what's the best place to reach you guys? We have a website. Great. www.minxpictures.com. That's I-N-X. M-I-N-X. Pictures.com. Yeah. Perfect. Well, guys, I have such high hopes for you. I love this script <laughs> yeah. so much. It's so unbelievably funny. Oh, thank you. So, thank you. Um, thank you very I'm, much. I'm predicting we'll see this thing soon. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, quick question. I know we're trying to wrap up. I just want... The, the title, Most Wanted, was there ever any flex on that or were you set on Most Wanted? We knew that from that was one of the first things we knew. Okay. Because um, I, I, I know writers always like no no <laughs> yeah. no no I only asked because it I did we, sound like no that. no no not at all no sorry if that sounded no, no no sorry if that sounded that way <laughs> no, I just no. wanted to know because we have writers that come in here and we always ask them about the title yeah, and they yeah. go oh it's like the last thing that I thought of yeah, and it's it's like nice to know that you guys that was the first thing that you thought yeah. of, and that's you stuck it would, to it. Well, it was like that kernel of a broke couple, and then tracking down one of the FBI's most wanted, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. like we thought that the most wanted and the title kind of helped do that, and then hopefully also like to us had those subtext of the marriage coming back alive, mm-hmm. and like yeah. what that meant. So 
we liked that double play. No, I love play. it. I love yeah. it. I was just curious. I was curious. Is it a question? You're going to get like 15 I, emails. Yeah. After yeah. Things I thought of. Yeah. Did you guys ever consider anus tart? For yeah. <laughs> that's, well, yeah, that's, that's the tagline. That's okay. yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, well, once that's again, Steve's guys. That's, that's, <laughs> well, once again, guys, thank you so much. Again, thank if you, you guys want to connect with Brad and Kat, go to their website. It's www.minxpictures.com. That's M-I-N-X pictures.com to snatch it up. Thank you, guys. This has been really, really fun. Thank you, guys. I realized the script that I should recommend based on this. It's Cuttlefish. Remember that script? Oh, yeah, yeah, It's another action comedy. I'd say it's heavier. It's a little more, like, Coen's y, but it's another, like, it's another kind of dark drama. It's funny, though. It's good. It's an action. Check that one out. That's another feature written by another wonderful writer. If you guys want to connect with me online, you can do that at Jeffrey C. Graham. Um, I'm hosting, I, I mentioned the Claws After Show. I'm trying to get more people to watch Claws. It's on TNT. It's a wonderful <laughs> show. It's a Florida set, kind of weird, another action show. So you want to check that out. I know the rest of you guys have some stuff to promote as well. Steve? Um, you can find me on Twitter almost exclusively, at Steve Kaufman. That is K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. I run YouTube channels for pro wrestlers. you want to find out which ones, follow me on Twitter. Awesome. I'm at Roxy Stryer. I'll tell you about what I'm doing there. I am Timothy Michael. You can find me everywhere at I am Timothy Mike. Danny, you want to shout? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Danny Royce. You can find me at uh, I am Danny Royce on Twitter and Instagram, and also 13 Reasons Why After Show here in Afterbus. And I'm Amy Cassandra Martinez. You guys can hello. Uh, find me on all social media at Amy Cassandra MTZ. So just follow me there because I, I post a lot. And Amy, thanks for joining. It's your first show. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Good it job, was girl. Fun. You, you had some bitty, tough bitty rushes. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. You did a good job. <laughs> that was fun. All right, guys. We are here next week with a half hour comedy about gaming. So check that out. That'll be at 10 a.m. here on the Popcorn Talk Network. We'll see you then. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. 